1: Happy holidays, Tanner fans. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Jalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing this December? I'm doing great. I'm so excited for covering the Full House and Fuller House Christmas episodes this December. It just it gets me right in the holiday spirit. I just I love it so so much. And it's just like right the day after Thanksgiving it's like Christmas everywhere and, and you just want to soak it all up. The the music and, and, and just the the feeling that decorating the tree and all that stuff. We don't have a regular size tree anymore. We kind of uh, did away with that because, you know, I have a cat and she just lived to jump in the tree. So we just have a small tabletop tree. Before I tell you about the first episode I'm going to be covering this holiday season, I want to tell you, if you're new, and if you're not, where you can go to follow along with the Oh My Lanta Holy Chalupas Full House, Full House Fuller House Podcast. It has a Facebook page, just pop in the search bar, Full House Podcast, Fuller House Podcast. It should come right up. Also on Instagram, O-M-H-Z-F-H-F-H Podcast. On Twitter, it's O-M-H-C Full House Pod or fullhousepod. Pod. If you guys want to send an email, whether you want to talk about an upcoming episode or just share your holiday moments or even your memories of watching these holiday episodes or even what your favorite holiday episodes are of other shows Or your favorite Christmas movies. The type of music you love to listen to at this time of year. I love Josh Groban's Noel Noel album. It came out back in, I think it was 07. Because I got it as a Christmas gift. And then it was re-released a couple years ago. With a few uh, extra songs on there. I also like Hanson's Snowed In album. I also like... Alabama's Christmas album, which is just beautiful. Dolly Parton's Hard Candy Christmas, Reba McIntyre's The Christmas Guest. I wasn't a big fan of the Grinch movie, but I love that song by Faith Hill called Where Are You Christmas? Oh, it gets me right in the feels. And Josh Groban's Believe from Polar Express, phenomenal. Another song that I absolutely love is by uh, the country duo Montgomery Gentry called Merry Christmas from the Family. This song is so, such a typical country song. (laughs) It, almost similar to um, like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, the movie, just a similar extended family People bring their boyfriends, girlfriends, ex-wives, first wives, second wives over. It's just, and just all the craziness that ensues. But, alright. So, I've told you guys where to follow along on social media. And I've given you the email, which is podcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your Christmas stories. If you got any funny ones, I'd love to hear them. Or... Just some, in in general, ones of fun, happy memory, Christmas memories, I'd love to hear them. Or if you can top the Tanner's antics in these Christmas episodes, I would love to hear those too. So the first episode we are going to do for the holiday season is season two, episode nine of Full House, entitled, Our Very First Christmas Show. This episode aired December 16th, 1988. The family gets snowed in at an airport on Christmas Eve. Meanwhile, Stephanie worries that Santa won't be able to find her. Here's the DVD case synopsis. Blue Christmas. The family jets off for a Colorado holiday, but a blizzard grounds them en route. It seems like the Tanners are always getting waylaid by the weather, be it a blizzard, be it fog. All, all, it seems like it's always fog. This episode has a 7.2 out of 10 based on 222 ratings. We have an appearance by Jesse's parents, Irene and Nick Katsopoulos. We have The Stewardess, played by Christy Somers, who looks like an adult version of Kimmy Gibbler. We also have, you all may know this man, as Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. I'm going to try my best to pronounce his name. Sorel S-O-R-R-E-L-L, and then book B-O-O-K-E. This episode was directed by John Boab, B-O-W-A-B. Writers Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Kim Weisskopf. R.I.P. to Kim Weisskopf. She passed away in 2009. I want to see what else this lady has written for i wonder if she's written multiple episodes of full house or maybe it's just okay she's written nine episodes all right two from season one seven month inch part two dj tanner's day off season two we got our very first christmas show fogged in goodbye mr bear and i'm there for you babe season three star search 13 candles honey i broke the house all right i loved goodbye mr bear Out of the four that she's written here for season two, Mr. Bear out of these four is my favorite. She also wrote for Three's Company, Good Times, One Day at a Time, and The Jeffersons. And what's happening now, we got uh, Married with Children, Sister, Sister, Baywatch. The last thing she wrote for is something called Pigs Next Door. John Boab, who directed four episodes of Full House, Tanner vs. Gibbler, which is Jesse and Becky's meet-cute, which I'll get to that in January, our very first Christmas show, A Little Romance, and Pale Joey, all from season two. Let's get into the trivia. Jesse's dad is upset that he doesn't have any grandsons, and Jesse's mom thinks Rebecca would make a great wife. Later in the series, Jesse and Rebecca get married, and they have twin sons one of which is named after Grandpa Nick. Do these grandparents ever see their grandchildren? I I don't know. We don't ever see that on screen. We do, however, see Grandpa Nick, or in this case, Great Grandpa Nick, take care of baby Tommy when the family all jets off to Japan for Steve and CJ's supposed wedding. Okay, you know, I thought this wasn't it, but apparently, guys, this is Jesse and Becky's first kiss. They kiss under the mistletoe. Oh, that mistletoe, it'll get you every time. Jesse's dad says he met his wife when Elvis got drafted. This is around March of 1958, so that is when they met. We got some reviews here. Nine out of ten. Best Christmas show they ever did. Power Mandan, May 3rd, 2017. Full House has done three Christmas shows. I'd call this one the best. Honestly, you know what? I think so, too. The second one, which happened in Season 6, just happened to use Christmas, and the final one in Season 8 just happens to not be quite as good as this. But then again, the very last one in Season 8 does have the late Mickey Rooney. The Tanners are going to spend Christmas in Colorado. Being the idiots they all are, decided to go on a Christmas Eve. They started to go on Christmas Eve. Then has got to be the worst time to travel somewhere. You think you're getting anywhere on Christmas Eve and it's snowing? You got another thing coming. Don't bother getting there a few days earlier. <laughs> Heavy snow caused the plane to remain grounded until morning, so all the passengers must stay in a terminal too small to be a big town. The airline lost some luggage, including the tanner's Christmas presents. Everybody's pouting when Jesse makes them wake up. Him explaining what Christmas is all about while still acknowledging Jesus, knowing how Jewish-populated the cast and crew are. Everything what he, he said is right. Rebecca happened to be on the flight because she was switching in Colorado to visit her family in Nebraska. Their first kiss happens here. Capturing the spirit of Christmas and some big laughs make this a wonderful episode. This person gave it a eight out of ten. Christmas in the airport. It was published on IMDB on February eighth, twenty fourteen. this is the first Christmas episode we see. The whole gang is there, including Becky and Jesse's parents Becky and Jesse's parents? Don't you mean Jesse's parents? Thank you. They probably meant including Becky and Jesse's Jesse's parents. Traveling east in the wintertime is always a questionable thing. And like many others, the gang gets stuck in an airport and spend Christmas there. Becky wants to see her family and farm animals. Stephanie wants her presents. Joey wants everyone happy. You know, actually, DJ's the one that's more concerned about the presents. Stephanie's concerned about the fact that Santa Claus isn't going to find them when they're leaving their house and going to another location. That's her situation joey wants everyone to be happy and danny wants family togetherness surprisingly it's all it's all jesse it's jesse who finally brings the family back to their right thinking and makes everything better i never realized it but boss hog can't remember his real name is in this episode he's the grouchy businessman and also a very very memorable scene between jesse and becky Alright, here's the next one. 7 out of 10. The one with the Christmas in the airport. This came was published on January 18th, 20, 2014 by Taylor Kingston. In this episode, the Tanners, Jesse and Joey, Jesse's parents, and Becky are all going to fly to Colorado for Christmas. Well, Becky's actually going to be going to Nebraska, but Okay. To spend it with some family, the first Christmas episode of the series. Danny has spent months planning this trip, and he is very excited. But on the way to Colorado, a blizzard forces an emergency landing in another airport. The family then has to spend Christmas Eve in baggage claim. Everyone thinks Christmas is ruined. Whilst here, Jesse's father, Nick, is trying to get Jesse to kiss Becky under the mistletoe. DJ is upset because all of the gifts are missing, and Michelle is afraid of a man in the airport because of his toupee. Well, he did yell at her. Jesse gives a huge speech about the fact that Christmas is not about presents, and it will still be a great Christmas because it will be spent with family. A Santa Claus shows up and helps them find the gifts. This is a very fun and meaningful Christmas. Overall, I give it a 7 out of 10. And without further ado, let's jump into this fun-filled, exciting Christmas adventure with the Tanners, Gladstone, Kitsapoluses, and Donaldson. Okay. So, in season two, they started doing the cold opens here, and this is really no different. I love this beautiful title card that they got popping up. It's got full house in yellow font. It's got a sky blue background and then blood orange mixed with a little bit of fuchsia color for the bridge. And you hear the Full House theme in the background, but it's got a little jingle jangle Christmas feel to it. So, basically, everyone's in the living room and Danny's trying to get everyone organized for a Christmas photo. Now this is December 1988. Guys, we know we did not have iPhones yet. Danny's got his camera up on a tripod. Joey is standing behind Jesse. And Joey's got an arm around DJ. Jesse has got an arm around Stephanie and Michelle. And they're like, come on, Danny, let's go. Let's get this picture taken. I think it's one of those things where it has a countdown and you need to get in front of the camera or it's going to go off. They also, they got the house decorated for Christmas too. They got the tree up, which is kind of interesting being the fact that they're not going to be home for Christmas. And Quinn just tried to put her head underneath a piece of cardboard. I don't know why. We just put some new sheets. I know this isn't related to the episode. We just put some new sheets on the bed. And of course, Quinn had to be the first one to test them out. And it met with her seal of approval. We got the Quinn seal of approval. What are you hoping to find under that piece of cardboard, Quinny? (laughs) What are you going to do? Try to fit underneath it? Oh, you goofy girl. So Danny's got a nice flash camera here with a very nice, expensive looking lens. Granted... At this point in time, he is no longer a sportscaster. He is co-hosting Wake Up San Francisco with Becky, Rebecca, excuse me. Didn't they kind of start calling, I mean, she came onto the scene as Rebecca Donaldson. They referred to her as Rebecca, and then eventually Rebecca kind of slimmed down into the shortened version, which is Becky. So Danny's just checking, making sure everyone's fitting inside the, the lens and the picture frame and all that good stuff. He's saying this is for our Christmas card, make sure everyone is merry and joyful. DJ is wearing a very nice burgundy-colored, what looks like a velvet burgundy-colored, burgundy-colored dress with a nice set of pearls. Maybe they belong to Pam. We got Stephanie wearing an adorable. They're both. It's very Christmassy. She's got an evergreen forest gr- green dress on with a V-shaped white lace collar. Stephanie's got. A, or Stephanie, excuse me. Yes, yeah, Stephanie's got the evergreen forest dress. DJ with the burgundy. We got little Michelle with the holly, jolly, green-colored little toddler dress with a square, rectangle shape of lace across the collar. Very, very nice. Everyone's dressed very beautifully. Uh, Danny is wearing a... It's not the flat. I honestly gotta say between Danny and Joey I don't like Danny's outfit here for this picture. I mean his tie matches his suit jacket which is kind of a um, 70's brown couch look and Joey's got a blue v-neck sweater with a lavender button-up underneath it. Eh. Christmas cheese! That's what everyone says to the camera. Of course, the phone picks that moment to ring and distract everybody, and everyone's like, I'll get it! I'll get it! Can you... Seriously, I can't be the only one that grew up with people that when the phone rang, every kid in that house scrambled to get the phone. That's no different than back in the day in the late 80s, 90s, when I would be coming out of the store with my cousins and they would be hightailing it across the parking lot to get to the passenger seat. Whoever got to ride uh, co-pilot or whatever. It's like, so you're avoiding getting hit by a car racing through a busy parking lot so you can sit in the front seat. You gotta be joking. I think that's just like, whoever sits in that Co pilot chair gets to play with the radio. Gets basically aside from the driver, it's the best seat in the vehicle is riding shotgun. Yeah, the girls run to go grab the phone, but then they're like, the guys are all like, No, 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 come back, come back. And it's like, the picture's gonna be taken like any second. So now we got Danny hanging on to Michelle, we got Jesse who's managed to pick up Stephanie. And now this picture just looks really weird and awkward. Like you knew that that buzzer was going to go off and that picture was going to be taken. And that is pretty much, that's a cold open, everybody. I'm trying to think what we did for, um, I think last year we might have used a selfie stick for Jeremy and I to get our picture. One year we did have Quinn in London in the picture with us. And I had my phone kind of propped up on a TV tray on top of some books. And then it would take just so many pictures over the course of like 10 seconds or, or whatever. So at least hopefully you get a good one. This one looks like it takes a picture and then you better hope it comes out great because you can't see what it looks like until it is been printed and in your hands. And it's amazing just how much it goes into making the Christmas card, getting it printed, making the copies, sending them. That stuff is still, it is expensive. Not only that, I really have cut down on the amount of Christmas cards I will send. I will send a few to a a few select family members, but the rest is like, I take a picture of the card, put it on Facebook, send it in Messenger to family members, and that's a Christmas card going to people like my grandma who don't have Facebook. I just send her, you know, a card. Of course, we always get an outdoor shot of the house, but we got that Christmas music of playing. We are back in the living room. We got Danny with that camera right up in his face. Everyone's going to get a face full of Danny Tanner. (laughs) And everyone kind of knows that Danny is videotaping this so he can use this trip to Colorado for a tax deduction like he can use it like a work expense if he includes footage for wake oh I'm gonna film my whole vacation film my family members and use it as a segment so that counts as you know I'm working on my Christmas vacation but so I like that Danny includes he not only says Merry Christmas but he also includes Happy Hanukkah Danny explains to the viewers of Wake Up San Francisco that he is off to Colorado with his family for the first annual Tanner Family Christmas Reunion. I gotta ask, I don't think that... I gotta say, I don't think that... Danny's originally from Colorado. Who lives in Colorado, or why did they pick that particular destination? Because we've seen the episode where Danny and Joey meet when they're like 10 or 12 years old. They're in San Francisco. As adults, they're able to go to that elementary school, junior high school, whatever you want to call it. So why Colorado? They had to go someplace that would have a lot of snow because that way they'd end up getting snowed in. I mean, that wasn't their plan, mind you, but still, it's like... It suits the story. Oh, I love how the, um, the beams of the the staircase, the rungs, whatever you want to call them, are wrapped in, like, candy cane ribbon. I like that. That's so cool. And just, the house is just adorned with colorful garland, red bows. And he explains to them, you are going to get to see it all through the Magic of Home video, starting with our Christmas tree. And I'm like, dude... Christmas is going to be over when this clearly airs. Nobody's going to care anymore because no one cares about Christmas the day after Christmas. You start preparing for New Year's. And that's pretty much it. Um, Wasn't it? It was... Yeah, it was like January. I remember Um, one of the movies I wanted to see in the theater was called Ben is Back. And in other areas, it came out in December. But I saw it in January. And the movie stars Julia Roberts and um Lucas Hedges, who is also in Boy Erased, which is also a good movie. Um and it was set around Christmas time and at that point it's like mid January. I'm like, Christmas? We just had this. I don't want to think about Christmas already again. We just did this. <laughs> so I did kind of, I mean I love Christmas, but I don't want to think about Christmas in January or February danny says unflocked and fire retardant oh they do have a smoke alarm that's wonderful he's like and of course with the traditional smoke alarm angel on top great so you were able to finally purchase a smoke alarm that can only be used one month out of the year that's that's beautiful you really could have saved that that turkey from a year ago because this isn't Nineteen. this isn't that Christmas after the miracle of Thanksgiving this is a year later so now we've done Thanksgiving and Christmas which I like that you don't need to put a whole bunch of holiday episodes into the course of one season cause that's gonna get a little too too much spread them out spread them out not, not every single season of a show has to have a Christmas episode I love how, they must have started decorating, like, the weekend of Thanksgiving. Like, Thanksgiving's over on a Thursday this weekend, boom, we're putting up the tree. So they at least would have a month of enjoying it, because they're going to be gone. Christmas, they're not even going to be home. You guys better remember to unplug all of that stuff. Leave nothing on... We don't need to worry about your house burning down while you're on that plane. That would freak me out because I'd be like, did I unplug that? Did I unplug it? Oh my gosh, I can't remember. Oh my God, my house is burning down. <laughs> yeah, that would freak me out. Because even though you know, in the back of your head, I unplugged it. I remember because I was doing this and thinking about this when I was pulling the plug out of the outlet. You're still, your mind is gonna go that oh, My mind go there. That's just that's why I don't really use the oven during the work week because I know I'm going to have to go back and check five times before I walk out the door even though I just checked like half a second ago because that's just me. See on the wall that Joey has added his own personal touch. I think that's a hockey player underneath that um ship's captain wheel. We also get a really beautiful picture of the Bay Bridge with the sun kind of setting low in the background, really really pretty i I love the adornments just with the holidays, but also just the regular pictures that there are the episodes. it's like, look, watch are they there? Probably not. They're only there up for certain episodes and sometimes they'll put other stuff up All right, we got Jesse, we got Joey and they've got. All the luggage, the straps are all on. I'm not sure what that is exactly that they're, they're holding, like, long. They're not ski poles. I'm not sure what they are, but um, they got all the luggage there. They're singing outside this. No, it's falling in. Friends are calling you who, you who, you who, you who. And I think, I think I know who I want to give. It's still too early. But I think I know who I want to give for the best outfit for the episode. I, oh, I, I'm partial to, re- you guys know, red is my favorite color, okay? And I am letting that solely influence my decision. I know it's still early, but right now, Jesse's in the running with this amazing Christmas sweater. Joey's is just basic. So, since Jesse and Joey entered into the living room... Danny starts putting the camera on them like oh here's my brother-in-law Jesse as he Danny aims the camera on him and Jesse of course typical Jesse fashion fixing his hair like okay he goes over to (laughs) Joey and Danny's like hey guys say something funny for my viewers and they're all like hey you on the couch dig those kooky pajamas (laughs) that's Joey's line and Joey is like, hey, Jess, you want to say anything? And granted, here we get another one of Jesse saying, Actually, no, this is the first time it's been brought up. Jesse is the first one to reveal the viewers and probably Danny's manager, boss, whoever. Danny's only doing this so that way he can get, use it as a tax write-off. His vacation. Now, Jesse's shirt here has got a lot of different types of print. I'm guessing those along the shoulder line could be possible trees. We got a little red diamond shape inside that of a blue. I'm not sure what type of shape that is. It could. it, It looks like. The shape of a stop sign, but with other things. Um, And it's got cream white with, you know, the red stripe. It's just really, really cool. And, of course, typical Jesse fashion, because only he is the one that seems to be wearing these turtlenecks all the time. I hope that turtlenecks are, are still not in fashion anymore, because, I mean, I had to wear them as a kid, but it's like, as an adult, it's like... You look like you got something to hide. You got a hickey underneath there. What's going on? Let's talk about Joey's sweater for a quick sec. We got this old time nineteen thirties vehicle. We got a guy and a woman who I swear look like Bonnie and Clyde, and then we got some guy wearing one of those old leather brown aviator caps with the sung the with the goggles and. I don't know what what this picture, what it's supposed to be. I have no idea. I'm just going to go and say it's a image of Bonnie and Clyde and whoever else they were with at the time. Posing by an old-timey car. They don't have guns on them or anything like that, but it's just, I don't know. What is this? So one of these pieces of luggage. The red one happens to have the girls Christmas gifts in there. Basically whatever they could pack in that bag is what the girls are going to get. They'll probably get more once they get back home. Joey is bringing his Santa suit because he's going to surprise the girls. And remember how there was always that big panda bear right to the side of the stairs? Now we got a big old brown teddy with a red shirt on. Oh my gosh, this bag that Joey holds up looks just like that bag from the episode Mad Money in season one, where Jesse's coming in and out of the house with this blue bag that's got an, turns out it's an Elvis costume because he's moonlighting as the Elvis impersonator at some lounge bar. Joey tells him he's been working on his ho-ho and Jesse is writing, by. hey, hey, we got a kid coming down the stairs, like, (coughs) got it. And they break into home, home on the range. Stephanie comes down. She is not too thrilled about this, going to Colorado. I get it. Traveling during the holidays. I've never done it when it comes to flying in a plane to another destination that isn't my house. And she just, she doesn't want to do this. Her main concern is Santa's not going to be able to find me if he doesn't, if I'm not at my house. He's not going to know where I'm at. So how's he going to know where to leave the gifts? It's a genuine, understandable concern for an eight-year-old. I'm going to play this clip as Danny now focuses his camera on Stephanie, who is just, she is a grumpy little puss. A grump grump, grumpy McGrumperson, just she is not happy. Danny's like, Stephanie, come on, tell them how excited you're going to be about going to Colorado for this Christmas. He flat out says, Danny, I don't want to go on this stupid trip. And he's like, honey, my viewers are going to be watching this. Can you, like, not say that? Thank you. Be a little more positive.
2: Uh, here comes my daughter, Stephanie. This happy little girl is what Christmas is all about.
3: Daddy, I don't want to go on this dumb trip.
2: Uh, Stephanie, the camera's running. Try to be a little bit cuter.
3: I don't want to go on this dumb trip. <laughs> Daddy will never find me in colorado he knows i live here
2: trust me steph he'll be there christmas morning
3: well just to make sure i drew this map for sam so he can find me he's got the north pole you are here san francisco stephanie was here in colorado stephanie will be here
1: Her name, Tony. <laughs> so Danny tells her, honey, can you be a little bit cuter? My viewers are going to be watching this. And she's like, I don't want to go on this dumb trip. <laughs> she has a little poster board that she's made up explaining where Santa Claus is, that Stephanie's going to be in Colorado. She used to be in San Fran. She's going to go to Colorado and up in the little corner the top of the poster board is a bird named Tony which don't get it okay so I looked it up as far as for if you were driving from San Fran to Colorado it's about a 20 hour drive so I looked up it looks like you're looking anywhere from like five hour flight to six hour to seven hour to eight hour flight depending on the time that you go I want to see how much this would cost if they went right around thing uh, Christmas. Alright, so San Fran to Colorado Springs, Colorado. You are looking, and this is going to be right around Christmas Eve to the day after Christmas. You'd fly back. You're looking at $445 round trip, and a lot of these are all like 7 hour flights, so... Alright, let's pop up to Michelle's room. We got DJ that's in charge of helping little Michelle put on her baby shoes. Michelle's in the little rocking chair. And you know, DJ, well, she doesn't like to keep things to herself. She is bursting at the seams like, oh, I gotta tell somebody. I know where the presents are. Michelle, can you keep a secret? You can't. I don't care. I'm gonna tell you what you're getting for Christmas, what I'm getting for Christmas, and what Stephanie's getting for Christmas. But you gotta be quiet, okay? can't say anything dj is wearing a red christmas sweater with snowflakes on it and a snowman michelle's re wearing a green toddler top and bottom with a big old reindeer on the front of it reindeer face i love how dj's like michelle can you keep a secret okay And she actually shuts the door. Like, everyone's downstairs anyway. But it's like, no, you want to tell a secret. You want to make sure nobody just comes upstairs while you're giving this information out. She says, I found out where dad hid all of our Christmas presents. And the look on Michelle's face is like, wow. (laughs) She's so excited. Like, woohoo. And DJ plays it off like, oh, well, you know, I just happened to be wandering through the crawl space in the attic ugh, that sounds really gross and icky. I mean through the tight space with the the, the icky spiders and the cobwebs and the ugh, and the tightness and the claustrophobicness of it all.. Ew. So okay, they have a crawl space in the attic that at one point Jesse does bring this up when Becky's pregnant with the twins and she wants her slippers because her feet are cold. And Jesse's like, "Oh, you want your slippers? So I gotta go and get them way at the back of the crawl space in the attic." I mean, he does because it's his wife, but even still, it's like, "Ugh." So DJ's getting a new CD player. All right, so what I got here? We got 1988 CD cassette boombox, price two eighty-eight eighty-eight. Stephanie's getting roller skates. I can't imagine roller skates were that much back then. I can't find a price on the roller skates. I'm just gonna guess and say kids' roller skates maybe thirty bucks. Maybe if you wanted fancy schmancy ones, maybe they'd be like fifty. And little Michelle is gonna be rolling in some new toys, so I'm gonna play this clip. There. Perfect. Michelle, could you keep a secret?
4: Okay, DJ. Great. I've been dying. I found out where Dad hid all our Christmas presents. <laughs> I just happened to be wandering through the crawl space in the attic. <laughs> Guess what? I'm getting my new CD player. Stephanie's getting her roller skates and you are going to be rolling in new toys. Too late. I promise you wouldn't say anything, remember?
1: Yeah, throw that key away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of wondering if, honestly, Danny is the type of person, like, he'll get some stuff, you know, candy, toy, whatever, little cheapy things for the stockings, but he will maybe get the girls each one expensive gift, and maybe, you know, Jesse and Joey might get the girls some clothes or something. But, I mean, think about it. A CD player in 1988 was not cheap. Granted, I didn't get a CD player for myself until... I was 14 in 1996, and that was a birthday gift from my aunt. And even then, that was probably close to $100 or more. As soon as DJ says, you're going to be rolling in new toys, Michelle's like, toys! And DJ's like, now remember, you said you wouldn't say anything, so zip! Boop! Zip the lip! Zip it shut! Lock it! Boop! There goes the key, bye. Alright, now we are on the plane. Danny is still filming, which, you're in the aisle, people are trying to find their seats, you need to sit yourself down. And again, I have to ask, can you please tell me why Jesse's parents are going? It's a Tanner family reunion. The Katsopolises are not Tanner's. Maybe they're going to support Danny and, you know, the girls. Maybe they don't have their kooky, like, family members in Orange County or wherever they were visiting during that first Thanksgiving that the girls were without their mother. Which, you got, they could have been there. Do you only have two kids? Well, one which is no longer, you know, with us, but still, come on. Danny's mother couldn't make it. Couldn't the girls at least have had one set of grandparents there? I really like Nick's bomber jacket. And, of course, Nick Katsopoulos is Jesse's father. Both got... They do kind of look a bit similar. They got the, the hair thing. Both are very preoccupied when it comes to their hair. That's where Jesse got it from. Love for the hair. So Danny's filming DJ and Stephanie who are in their seat. And DJ is kind of... She's given a play-by-play saying, Dad, well, I'm getting ready to buckle my seatbelt and put my seat back in the upright and locked position. Stephanie made a sign that's like a... It's one of those, like, yellow baby on board signs that you, like, see people put up in the window so that way people will be aware, like, Oh, this person has a baby on board in their car. I better be careful when I'm, you know, driving around them. I don't want to rear-end them and hurt their baby. So hers just says Stephanie on board. And she puts it in the window so that way Santa will be able to see that Stephanie is on that flight. And it's yellow so it will uh, attract attention. Stephanie also has a Christmas sweater. It's white with a red collar, red sleeves. It's got a Santa face on it. It's got a green wrapped Christmas present and like maybe a white red and green candy cane on it what is up with the leather jackets and and nick and now joey's got a leather jacket his has got the faux fur hood joey comes in he's got little michelle like look michelle look at all these nice people we're going to take a trip with them this is of course got to be her first airplane ride and i don't know maybe some babies can do okay with with the airplane and maybe others can't I know, like sometimes, once you get way up, you know, up into the air and stuff, your ears kind of pop. Which I know that babies, of course, no adult wants to have their ear, eardrums pop like that or their ears pop because of the change in altitude. But I'm gonna play this clip. And
2: here's the Tanner family getting ready for liftoff. Yeah, sit down. DJ, tell us what's going on.
4: Well, Dad, I'm getting ready to buckle my seatbelt and return my seat back to its original upright position.
3: Ready, and sign for Santa. Stephanie
2: on board. <laughs> Look, Michelle, we're gonna take a trip with all these <laughs> nice people. Say,
3: hi, people. Hi, people. Aww,
2: Isn't this exciting? Them. It's her first trip on an airplane.
0: <laughs> Jason, sit down. But design these airline bathrooms was not wearing pantyhose. <laughs> nice
2: hat, Ma. <laughs> Um, you know there are gonna be a lot of grandsons at this reunion. None of them mine. Pop, uh, you, you promised you weren't gonna bug me
1: about see this. See the grandkids of yeah, boys, got.
0: right? Stop pestering him about grandsons. At
1: least wait until he's married. You will not even visit his grandsons. By the way, when will that be? Never no, stop. Like how Joey's like, yeah, this is her first plane ride, and everyone's like, oh. That's okay, except for the one lady in front who's wearing yellow and she's got dark hair and she looks like she's reading the back of an air sick bag. Like, I can't be bothered with this. Ugh, I don't care that it's her first plane ride. And Jesse sits up, sits up like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa! It's like Jesse, sit down. They weren't talking to you. Chill. And Jesse's dad starts in about, you know, there's gonna be a lot of grandsons at this reunion, son. None of them mine. I'm like, Grandpa Nick. You don't even see the two grandsons that you got later on. So don't even go there. And <laughs> Jesse's mom, of course, she was in the bathroom. Tiny, you guys, if you've been on the airplane, you know what the bathroom situation is like. It's like being inside something that's about the size of a porta potty But the best thing about the airport bathroom, the um, airplane bathrooms, is you can actually flush this, your... Waste after you're done releasing it from yourself. Unlike a porta potty that is just a stinky toilet that you have to hold your breath and pray that, uh, yeah, you don't pass out from the stench. <laughs> but yeah, that ba- really air- airplane bathroom, very tiny. How people think they can join the Mile High Club on one of those things, I will never figure that out. But, um, one time, <laughs> I can't even remember what flight it was, but I, was it, maybe it was my first or second flight because I got, I thought I locked that bathroom door <laughs> and all of a sudden I go to sit down and I guess I didn't latch it cause it like popped open. I'm like, shoot, 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 trying to grab it, like shut it and like, like turn the knob so it says like, uh, occupied or, um, in use or whatever it says got people coming on the plane and danny is still filming it's like danny you were blocking the aisle i'm surprised a flight attendant didn't say sir you need to stop filming right now because honestly you didn't get anyone else's permission to film them and you need to sit down we got a couple people coming down the aisle danny move your butt guess who's on the plane everybody (gasps) it's rebecca donaldson but however this is just he's getting off in colorado taking a connecting flight to nebraska to visit her family um jesse's mom who's dressed like she's going to alaska uh, is also badgering Jesse about, like, oh, I'm not a grandma. When are you gonna get married, Nick? Don't pester him about get having grandkids. Wait till he's married. Jesse, honey, when will that be? And Jesse's like, ma, please. He's sandwiched right between his parents. Ugh. Ugh. Who wants that? What grown guy who, or girl... Wants to be pestered by their parents. Like, oh, when are you going to settle down and get married? You're 26 years old. I want grandbabies while I'm still here. And I can still pick them up. Becky looks at Joey, Michelle, DJ, and Steph. Like, oh, what are you guys doing here? And I'm like, did you not know that they were... Maybe she didn't know they are going to be on the same flight. Because you know that they do have more than one flight that goes to a same destination Jesse's still filming I mean not Jesse excuse me Danny is still filming everyone's kind of spread well we got Jesse and his parents right behind Joey Michelle DJ and Steph Danny's like oh my gosh I can't believe it it's my co-host Rebecca Donaldson this Rebecca this tape is for our show say something and she's like Hi, viewers. Danny's just using this to write it off as a tax deduction. Ah, he wants to write off his vacation. Now, Becky is wearing. I think. Okay, we got we got another um, contender here for the best sweater for this episode. Best outfit. Hers is a lilac, light lilac. With you got your purplish blue diamonds and crisscross just a lot of different patterns really really pretty i really really like it It grows great with her bluish purple turtleneck see she can wear a turtleneck and i love her hair length it's like just to her shoulders absolutely gorgeous i love it and i'm not about fashion guys i'm really not and danny just kind of laughs at her like oh yeah well i could do that but then he turns the camera on himself and says but that would be wrong Like, yeah, it would. Look how much stuff you got to edit out of that, Danny, before uh, your boss sees it. But I'm pretty sure that those that work behind the scenes at Wake Up San Francisco have, like, yeah, I'm sure they've probably written off vacations and film stuff so they can write that off as a tax deduction. So Jesse jumps right in there like, oh, Becky, what a wonderful surprise. I didn't know you were going to Colorado. He says, hey, maybe, you know, you and I can sneak, slip away and go skiing. And she's like, oh, that sounds lovely, but I'm just taking this and getting on a different flight in Colorado to go see my family in Nebraska. He is right up there with the flirt. He's like, you know, I've always wanted to ski in Nebraska. And she just kind of, like, lightly punches him on, on, on the shoulder. Like, oh, you are so cute. And Danny got all of this on film as Joey stands up with Michelle in his arms and says, that was Jesse Katsopoulos striking out. (laughs) I'm going to play this clip.
2: Hey, what are you guys doing here? I don't believe this. It's my co-host, Rebecca Donaldson. This tape is for our show. Say something to our viewers.
4: Hi, viewers. I bet Danny's making this tape so he
2: can write off his vacation. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I could do that but it would be wrong.
0: <laughs>
2: Becky, i was surprised. I didn't know you were going to Colorado. Maybe, uh, I don't know, you and I could slip away and go skiing or something? Or... Oh, well, thank you for asking, but actually I'm just changing planes in Denver because I'm going home to Nebraska for Christmas. You know, I've always wanted to ski Nebraska. <laughs> you are so cute. Well, have got to get a magazine. That was Jesse Gatsopoulos striking out. Memo to you. Edit that out.
1: Alright, this is where we get the angry gentleman who will more than likely come into play later in the episode. You all, if you're friends of the Dukes of Hazzard show from the 70s, will know that this man played Boss Hog. And, you know, that guy in Boss Hog was not a... he was always angry, always... Getting into issues with the Duke Duke brothers. And now this man is going to start trouble here. Which, this is probably even on the air travel people's side of a problem. Because he goes up to Stephanie and DJ. No, he goes up to DJ and says... You're in my seat, child. I have one B. And DJ is like, no, I have one B, adult. And luckily there is a flight attendant right there kind of watching this. And Joey, meanwhile, is sitting there watching this exchange. Like, what can he really do other than jump in and say, Sir, you do not have the right to speak to this child this way. Okay, how in the world, what kind of airline did you choose, Danny? Because Danny's got also one B. And how in the world do three people get booked for one seat? This makes no sense. Luckily, this does end up working out for uh, Steph and DJ. The flight attendant I mentioned earlier does bear a striking resemblance to... Andrea Barber. This woman looks like she could even play an aunt or uh, re- another relative because she looks very, very similar to Andrea Barber. The face, the eye you know, the eyes, just the compl- oh, it just looks like her. Um, I'm just going to call this guy Boswell because I don't know his real name and I don't want to look it up right now. He's all like, well, I reserved that seat three months ago, and that's where I'm going to sit. So, the flight attendant's like, yeah, okay. Girls, how would you like to sit up in first class? Before she offers it to the girls, she says, I have two openings in first class. And, of course, Boss Hogg's like, oh, well, I'll take that. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. You all reserved that seat three months ago, and that is where you're going to sit. So she offers the seats to the girls. And, of course, Stephanie doesn't know what first class is. Guys, I don't even, I know what it is. I've never been in first class. I saw the Seinfeld episode. It looks amazing. I eventually get to go to London one day. I definitely want to go first class. (laughs) Because that is a long trip and I don't want to be stuck back in coach. I want to fly in style. I want to be in one of those sleeping pods. So, DJ either she's been in first class or she pretty much is just read about it, seen it on television and movies and kind of gotten her idea from that. She says, it's a magic land behind that curtain where people sit in seats as big as sofas and eat shrimp cocktail. Stephanie's like, alright, let's get out of this dump as she pulls her sign down from the window. And Becky is also in first class because she comes back later like, come on, girls. It's the captain's birthday. and He's going to cut the cake or something like that, which I'll get to later. So Joey, of course, had no lines. And Michelle is just just laying on his lap, just leaning back against him. Just not a care in the world. Completely subdued. Joey's got to sit next to this boss hog jerk.
3: Hey, you're sitting in my seat. I've got one B, child.
4: No, I have one B, adult.
0: <laughs> that
3: makes three of us. Uh,
1: it seems we've assigned three people to the same seat. Silly us. <laughs> so, yes.
3: But I reserved that seat three months ago, and that's where I'm going to
0: sit. Well, I do have two openings in first class. Oh, I'll take one. <laughs> no. You reserved that seat three months ago, and that's where you're going to sit. (laughs) How would you two girls like to sit in first class?
3: Okay. What is first class? Well, it's behind that curtain. (laughs) It's a
4: magic land where people sit in seats as big as sofa and eat shrimp cocktail.
3: (laughs) Okay, let's get out of this dump.
1: (laughs) Alright, real quick, I looked up top ten survival tips for holiday travel. Do your research. Plan alternative trips if traffic makes your way home too overwhelming. Stay connected. Stop up, stock up on the latest travel apps before you leave home. Gate Guru gives you approximate times you'll spend in security. Heading out on the road? Find the cheapest gas and cleanest bathrooms on the road with Gas Buddy or Sit and Sit or Squat. All right. Number three, pack light. Avoid checking bags altogether if you can. You won't have to wait for your luggage on the conveyor belt, and you won't have to worry about your mom's Christmas present getting lost in Logan Airport. I don't know where that is. Oh my goodness. Here's another one. Pack earplugs that is the best way honestly to distress and just kind of block out everything and just be in your own head and be in your own world so short of doing yoga in the airport the best way to mentally escape your stressful surroundings is to turn the volume down and the easiest way to do that is with ear ear earplugs crying baby next seat over on the plane earplugs sister's music in the car driving you mad earplugs and if you really want to check out for a bit bring an eye mask as long as you aren't driving of course Number five. Don't get hangry. When your tummy growls, your mind can't think straight and you could unknowingly get in the wrong line. Take the wrong turn or worse. Upset an innocent flight attendant. Pack snacks and drinks so you and your family will be fueled up for a road trip. If you're flying, definitely get some grub before you board the plane so you won't have to rely on airline food if you're sitting on the tarmac for hours. Um, another thing that is, um, I learned a valuable lesson, um, one year when we went to Georgia I totally forgot because I I picked up a a a pop and I'm like oh bring this with me on the plane get through security they say well you can drink it here we can take it from you I was not gonna down a 20 ounce coke right there while waiting to get through security so I'm like just take it I forgot you got to wait till you get through security, and then you can purchase, like, a drink or a little snacky-poo to take on, you know, your carry-on and all that good stuff. Because, I mean, the flights I've been on, they will give you a little bag of pretzels or those little cookies. And they will give you a little cupful of, you know, whatever pop or whatever juice beverage you want, whatever. So... TSA suggests you wrap, you ship wrapped gifts or wait until you reach your destination to wrap them, as they might have to unwrap a present to inspect it. So ship gifts or give gift cards. Ship gifts ahead of time. Bring the gift that can't go wrong. Gift cards to their favorite store or an Amazon gift card. 7. Travel on off-peak days. The Wednesday before Thanksgiving is the biggest travel day of the year and can also cause you the biggest meltdown of the year. A better opi- uh, option is to leave Early on Thanksgiving day and avoid the record traffic the night before. Same goes with flying. If you fly on the actual holiday itself, you'll be avoiding the long lines and hordes of travelers. Travel early or late in the day. Flight statistics show that planes traveling earlier in the day have a better on-time performance, and if your flight is canceled, you will also have the option of taking a flight later in the day. Also, there'll be fewer lines at security. Best time to hit the road when everyone else is asleep, early morning or late at night. You can always take a nap when you arrive at your destination or on the ride there if you aren't the driver, of course. Plan for the unexpected. Have only a half hour before connecting to another flight. Travel to Rochester, New York during snow season or traveling to Rochester, New York. Think ahead and plan accordingly. Leave extra time before before flights to deal with security, extra time between connections, and for road trips, pack tire chains for snowy conditions, flashlights, and of course a few bandages never hurt either. Also, another thing, if you're traveling in the winter, I hear people pick up cat litter because it's good for traction. Also, another thing I learned, um, if you got a Dig yourself out. You better have a shovel in the back of your vehicle. (laughs) Because when that snow gets deep, and it does get deep here in Michigan, it's like you can't always rely on the plows coming around to go down the streets. They're not going to plow out your driveway for you. (laughs) And the last one here, inhale, exhale, the overly friendly person next to you. Guys, if you got a Del Griffith sitting next to you on a plane, and he just yak, yak, yak yak, yak, yak I'm taking off my socks. I'm swinging them around in your face. <laughs> Del Griffith, guys. Planes, trains, and automobiles. He's a great guy, but yeah, he can get on your last nerve. The canceled flights, the luggage that fell off in the middle of the highway, all of it will make for great stories over dinner when you finally make it to your destination. After all, Holiday travel stress is just as much of a tradition as pumpkin pie and regifting. Yeah, you know, honestly, if someone's being a bit of a talker and you're not, and you really don't want to engage in conversation, just politely say, "Hey, you know, it's it's nice that you want to have a conversation. I really am not up to talking right now. Just you know, be polite. You don't gotta tell them, you know, shut your mouth. I don't want to talk to you. Leave me alone. Just just say, say, hey, I'm." It's nice talking to you, but I would kind of like to do my own thing or, you know, whatever. So, looks like the Tanners are getting their din-din or finishing up as the lady, the sweetheart of a lady, I tell you, she's a sweetheart. She asked Danny, so, was your dinner of dissatisfaction? And he's like, oh, well, the liver wasn't bad. And she's like, oh, you had the chicken, sir. Well, if it's breaded, how's he gonna tell the difference? realizing that it was chicken and nut liver Danny's like ugh in that case it was awful so Danny's got the spot on the end there where Joey originally was sitting and Boss Hog is sitting where DJ was originally sitting because of course she had his same seat number and Joey's sitting by the window where Stephanie was sitting and Boss Hog, mind you, is on a mini 1988 version of a laptop. No, I don't think you can get onto the World Wide Web with it either. DJ comes back and is singing the praises of being in first class. She's like, first class is so rad. She's got this giant lobster bib that goes all the way down to her belly button. Lobster and ice cream Sundays. Hopefully not together. Hopefully you put a little bit of space between those two things. And she's like, oh, what do you guys have? Joey's like, we had the liver in a chicken suit. <laughs> I love how Boss Hog is like when Joey says that he just, he doesn't say anything, but he, it's almost like a reflective twitch in his cheek. Almost like he's almost like nodding like, oh yeah, we did have that. Becky comes to the, it's nice that Becky's up there, so at least they know somebody in first class, so it's not just them. She says, girls, come on, it's the pilot's birthday, and they're gonna cut the cake. Getting cake, too? Oh my gosh, these kids are gonna have such a tum-tum ache. I've never really been a fan of lobster. The only lobster, I mean, I had a little bit on um, my baked potato when I went to Red Lobster a couple years ago, but it just, whatever it is about it just does not, I'm more of, I like crab. Um, another version, if you even want to call it this, you're like, that's not real lobster. It's not. But, you know, the lobster bites at LJS, Long John Silver, thought those were decent. I know. It's not real lobster. All right, now we're cutting to the seats behind Danny and Joey and Boss Hog, where we have Irene and Nick, Jesse's parents, and... Nick again is like, you know that Rebecca, she sure is a nice girl. I bet she makes some beautiful babies with you. This is really Nick is really pushing this on Jesse, like, yeah, you know, you guys would make a great couple. And Jesse's like, Dad, trust me, I've tried, but she just kind of wants to be friends right now. Which, I mean, she probably came from Nebraska to have a career in broadcasting because she was on Up and at a moment Omaha before she came to San Fran jesse says she's one of those girls that her career comes first which there's nothing wrong with that i can see where jesse does get a little bit of that sexism about uh, men being better than women or whatever because he's like oh yeah nick's like yeah i understand that girl's lib stuff okay nick if i were irene i would slap your face because like but you got to tell him who's boss He's not anybody's boss. He's not dating her. And even if he were, it's like, no, you don't go into a relationship saying you're going to call all the shots. Nick, if you were my husband, I would have slapped you across the face and punched you in the arm because you are not giving great advice to your son. I see where he gets some of that machoism that he needs to check that at the door.
0: Did you enjoy your dinner?
2: Well, the liver wasn't bad.
0: You had the
2: chicken, sir. In that case, it was awful.
4: First class is so rad. We had lobster and ice cream sundaes. What did you guys have?
2: We had the liver and a chicken suit.
4: Girls, come on. It's the pilot's birthday, and they're gonna cut the cake. All
0: right.
2: Rebecca's a nice girl. Very pretty. You two would make a wonderful couple. Yeah, I've tried, Pop. She just wants to be friends. She's one of those girls that her career comes first. I understand that girl's lib stuff, but uh got to tell him who's boss. I didn't hear that. Girl yes, I brain! Okay. Woo! Jesse, hold so. up Michelle. I want to get a shot of her little
3: junior pilot okay. wings. Hey, here we go! Hey, man. Oh. <laughs> Okay, I can't just say I'm trying to work here. Yeah, right. Smile, Michelle. Kitty. Mm. Oh, you don't do
2: that. oh uh Sir I'm really terribly sorry. Uh she loves animals. Oh, it's okay, Michelle. Way to go, baby. mister. Make a kid cry on Christmas. It's okay, Michelle. I sing your favorite little lullaby, okay? Tall and Yo, love. Everyone sing. The girl from me, me walking. Sing along. And when she passes, she
0: passes grows up. attention please. Oh, boy, the captain has informed me there's a heavy snowstorm in the Rocky Mountain area, so we will be making an unscheduled landing. Oh. What? Sorry if I bumped you out.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> not. Good. I ha- oh my I Irene, I love you, girl. Yes. When <laughs> Nick says, Oh, Jesse, you gotta tell him who's boss. Irene goes, I'm gonna pretend I didn't hear that. So, Danny gets up with the camera again. It's like, Jesse, hold on Michelle because I want to get a shot of her what do you say, little pilot wings? I thought, oh, did she got one of those little uh, pins on her? No. Jesse drapes her over the seat's in front of him. So Michelle is right next to that man who is trying to dibble dabble on his 1980s early edition laptop. I'm trying to work here. Can you mind? And of course Michelle's like, well, she says, Hey man. And then she's like, kitty and pets his toupee. Um, by anyone else's standards, you would see that man's hair and go, "Okay, that's hair, right?" So how was Michelle like, "Oh, kitty! What have you ever seen a cat on somebody's head?" and I was I've been thinking about this for a couple days um this particular scene. And how, you know how they have those little baby books that have, like, little baby farm animals? Like, oh, you want to feel what a baby duck feels like? And it's got a little bit of piece of, like, soft, fuzzy fabric. Oh, you want to feel what a little kitty feels like? And it's, like, kind of similar to what the duck, you know, type of uh, faux fur. So I really don't get how she's, like... Scene, like, oh, he's got a kitty on his head. I'm going to pet you like a kitty. I Me, mean, You guys, this is well before Comet comes along. We are still a season away from Comet being introduced into the family. And the only thing I think I've seen Michelle pet is a baby chicken. A little soft fuzzy baby yellow chick. And um, that hair is not like that of a cat i mean if you wanted to say like that toupee because it is a toupee because she pulls it right off that man's head it just slips right off and honestly like maybe like a yorkie you know how they have that long like glossy fur granted this guy's toupee you need to work on that bud because that looked oily and gross i'm sure there's stuff you got to use to be able to like make it like Clean it and wash it so it still keeps retains that glossy silk feel because this is just muddled like it's been under a hat for hours. I'd say, Guy, skip the toupee and go for some real gain or just embrace it like George Costanza because I'm not digging the toupee, I'm really not. It's just I mean, the guy's a jerk regardless, because he's like, oh, your family, are they gonna sit here too? Because they're, like, waylaid now in, uh, some airport area off of somewhere in Colorado. Definitely not where they want to be. But he's like, oh, is your tribe sitting here? Good. Because I'm gonna sit way over there on the other side of the, um, baggage claim area. I mean, the guy's too It looks like a fake, like it's not real. And she just starts petting it and just pulls it right off of his head. It's like, hey, 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 And, and Danny's like, oh, sir, I, I'm I'm, terribly sorry. She <laughs> she loves animals. And he's like, give me back my hair. You want to know what this... I just thought of this scene, okay? I just thought about... Have you seen... Was it 1988 or 1989's um, Look Who's Talking? In the movie, the character Molly has a one-year-old son named Mikey who is the narrator of the movie. Anyway, Molly's an accountant. She goes out with another accountant who wears a toupee. And while the guy is sitting on the couch next to Mikey and James is there, James John Travolta, Molly's played by Kirstie Alley, he's james is talking to this guy i don't remember what his name was but he makes a motion while this guy is not looking to Mikey. he's like mikey pull pull on the, the hair and of course mikey pulls off the toupee pulls it off and the guy is like so embarrassed like, oh my gosh i can't believe it oh my gosh oh my gosh and of course molly plays it all like oh i'm sorry but you know what you know what I think you look a lot better. I mean, honestly, in my opinion, you look a lot better without it. I mean, sexy, even. And, and James is like, oh, definitely. He's like, oh, wow, you think? Should I should I not wear it? Like, like okay, it's staying off. Great. And it's just how quickly, I just, seeing this with this Boss Hog guy, I don't think you can pull off a, well, you know, Mr. Boss Hog, sir, or gentleman, whatever your name is? I really think you look better without it I mean you look amazing great not sexy but (laughs) better without it it looked like a rug on your head but without it I mean wow your baldness is is striking (laughs) or something to that effect I don't guys I gotta be honest here I'm not buying we've seen this guys we've seen this episode we know how it ends with the whole thing right I'm not buying that this jerk of a guy was just putting on a ruse or an act. Like, I'm going to make be so repellent because people, to like, steer away from me and be so repulsed that they're going to be so surprised when they meet, you know, so-and-so in the baggage claim later. I just, I don't get it. I really, it's like... This guy was just, he was a jerk. I mean, yeah, she shouldn't have pulled the toupee off his head. I want to look and see how much toupees actually go for nowadays. And if it's still a common thing if people still wear them. But, you know, she gets upset. Jesse is like, hey, guy, way to go. You just, like, made her cry on Christmas. Way to go. So they're really just shaming this guy jesse's got michelle's like it's okay sweetie here let me let me sing you a little song and he sings the what is it the woman from ipanema or whatever it's called and he's trying to get like you know his parents and danny and joey chime in and then jesse's like come on everybody let's all let's all sing to her the whole plane let's sing to her and he even like nudges the guy the like, guy come on sing you heard her feelings you made her cry sing lady from ipanema I gotta read these lyrics. Okay. Oh, how I love him, but he just doesn't see. Tall and tan and young and handsome, the boy from Ipanema goes walking. Oh, well then why does it say the girl from Ipanema? Who cares? And when he passes, each girl he passes goes, ah. When he walks, he's like a samba that swings so cool and sways so gentle. But when he passes, each girl he passes goes, ah. Oh, but I watch him so sadly, how I, how can I tell him I love him? Yes, I would give my heart gladly, but each day when he walks to the sea, he looks straight ahead, not at me. Tall and tan, and young and handsome, the boy from Ipanema goes walking, and when he passes, goes, ah, ah. I smile, but he doesn't see. Doesn't see. He just doesn't see. He never sees me. And I'm guessing that's the song. Wow. This is a depressing song. Granted, guys, this is before the teddy bear song becomes Michelle's favorite song that Jesse sings. I think that he could sing anything and she would just absolutely love it because he's got a beautiful voice. Alright, how much does a toupee cost? On average, depending on what style of toupee and material you choose, the cost of a toupee can range anywhere from as little as $75 to as much as seventy or 650 Generally, custom options are going to be higher than a toupee that can just be bought off the shelf. I'm getting something else here. It says there are also 10 kinds of hairpiece to be chosen from which has Remy hair, $100, Robo hair, 200 human gray hair, $75, i am going to say that's what that guy has, long hair, 25 bucks per inch, and rush service is $95. Looking at this picture of a blonde toupee, and this makes me think of Uncle Fester from am- Adam's Family Values, when Debbie, played by June Cusa- Joan Cusack, buys him this blonde toupee just makes him absolutely looking ridiculous. Oh, so if you know anyone who's really kind of looking for, you know, in the toupee market, um, there's a website called HairBro.com and you could find some stuff, um, stuff here that is, ranges from $179.00. We got some pictures of these guys here of what it looks like, I'm guessing, with the hair. They don't look bad. That is pretty. I mean, they do. That looks like um, Juan Pablo from. um, He plays Fernando. I mean, that guy kind of resembles him a little bit, but. Also, sell different types of tape to keep the wig on. I mean, the toupee. I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) So, the Andrea Barber look, Kimmy Gibbler look-alike, who looks like she could play an adult version of Kimmy Gibbler. Very similar. Anyway, she comes on the line, announces to everyone that looks like a snowstorm is heading in around the Rockies, so they are gonna be waylaid, and they're gonna head down to a little baggage claim area for the night for everybody. Jesse's like, what?! Like?" Guys, chill. This is not her fault. She's just a flight attendant. She's doing her job. Don't get angry with her. You want to blame someone, blame the weather. Blame yourselves. You should have left on the 23rd or the 22nd. Definitely hear that wind outside as everyone comes rushing in. Uh, Irene is definitely dressed for that weather. Even though she is like, everyone's like hunched over as they come in like the blizzard is chasing them right into that building. Courtesy phone center. We got baggage claim. Does it tell us? It says welcome to something. I, I'm hopefully I should be able to tell what that is. Stephanie is screaming, "Daddy, daddy, we can't stay here! Like, honey, we don't have a choice, okay? If the planes are down, you know there aren't gonna be any, any cabs. But we do see a sign that says Henry's Taxi, day or night, taxi service. There's a number 555-8225. I doubt that number's in service anymore. Danny assures Steph, like, hey, look, I don't think we're going to be here that long. It's just until the weather, like, moves and we can get back up in the air again. As soon as Danny says, don't worry, honey, I don't think we'll be here long, the flight attendant comes back on the intercom and says, ladies and gentlemen, we are grounded indefinitely. Due to this totally incredible blizzard, flight 411, that's us, has been... Will remain grounded until morning. Right now it's Christmas Eve. Tomorrow is Christmas, and everyone's like, "What? What? What?" Stephanie's like, "What did you say?" Like <coughs> Stephanie, she spoke loud and clear. How can you? Not? I mean, maybe it's like, excuse me, sir. Flight attendant speaking, I'm sorry, but uh, until further notice, the flight 411 that's us is going to be grounded until morning. I'm sorry to bum you out due to this totally unexpected blizzard. Look at all that distortion, like, ah, what? But ah, I heard her clear as day. Stephanie, you should have opened your ears, pumpkin. She says, so let me be the first to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas. She's going to a motel for the night, or a hotel, whichever. She ain't staying there. And neither is the captain. None of the flight attendants are staying there. They're like, well, I'm out of here. I'm going to go get a hotel with a mini bar, and I'm going to go hang out in the pool area, maybe check out the hot tub. I'm going to just relax and... Have myself a Merry Christmas while you all freeze inside this baggage claim building. Okay, so that says, welcome to the great Rocky Mountains. We got many bags, look, check your tickets. It's a bunch of different signs over by that conveyor belt. Those hard plastic blue chairs that nobody would ever be able to sleep in to save their life. Okay, Danny, then this is on you, man. You said you spent months planning this reunion. So this is all Danny's doing. Um, why are you cutting us so close? Why did you have to travel on Christmas Eve? That's cray cray. Everyone else is doing the exact same thing. Now your daughter is depressed because Santa Claus thinks, you know, she's in the Rocky Mountain. She's in, you know, Denver, Colorado, or wherever. No, she's in a baggage claim. And that is, like, a run-of-the-mill, low, non-impressive, bare-bones-looking airport, mini, way out in the middle of nowhere. As DJ's like, we're gonna spend Christmas in an airport? Would you rather spend Christmas breaking up with your boyfriend? Because that's kind of what you do in season six. Kind of they do get back together at the end. But even so. Just like, oh, I told you we never should have gone on this trip. Why didn't you listen? And you see Jesse and Joey in the background. Kind of side-eyeing Danny. Like, way to go, Danny. Now we got to try to cheer up the kids. This is all on you. We could be home right now enjoying hot chocolate by the fire. And watching the twinkle lights of the Christmas tree. But no, we're here freezing our tushies off. Mind you guys, they don't have their luggage. It's all on the plane. Or it's en route to wherever. Because this is not the airport that they were going to originally be at, I don't think. So basically, what they got is what's on their bodies. That is it. They are lucky that none of them is, like, a diabetic who needs to take an insulin shot. So, now the issues are slowly coming to a head. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, Stephanie made it very clear, as she is now, that she did not want to go on this trip. And her main point is the fact that Sam is not going to know where she is. She He expects her to be at home, right? Well, she's not at home. And DJ, of course, selfish DJ, all she cares about is her CD player. Why would you bring a CD player with you on a trip? What if that got stolen? What if your luggage got lost? I hope that he has insurance for that kind of thing. And DJ, of course, is just kind of giving Stephanie the eye. Like, really? That's your concern that Santa won't find? I bet anything, I don't know, maybe DJ's like, I can't believe, I just I can't believe this, Stephanie. This is what you're focused on? Stephanie actually sits away from the family. Like, I want to put myself as far away from you as humanly possible. Jesse's got a hand in his hair. Like, he looks like he's about to cry. And Joey's still, like, giving Danny the side. Like, Danny, you're going to have to figure out how to fix this with Stephanie. And... Becky, of course, is hanging out with them because you know her family's in Nebraska. So the t- the Tanners, Kinsaley, and Gladstone—they're the only ones that she knows there. And she's, of course, concerned. Like, oh, poor Stephanie. Come oh,
2: so girls, hurry up! Hurry up! Daddy, Daddy, we can't stay here! Don't worry, sweetheart. I'm sure we won't be here long.
0: Ladies and gentlemen. Due to this totally incredible blizzard, flight 411—that's us—will remain grounded until morning. What? What did you say? So let me be the first to wish you and yours a very merry Christmas.
2: I spent months planning this reunion, and now we're gonna miss it.
0: Gonna
3: spend Christmas in an airport? I told you we never should have gone on this trip. Then we'll never find us now.
1: Way to go, Danny! You should have left on the twenty-third. So now we come back from commercial. Danny is videotaping everyone's misery. Everyone, you know, everyone on that flight is kind of—they're kind of screwed over, basically, because their plans. None of them want to spend Christmas in an airport. Which, honestly, if you worked in a video store or a movie theater, in a way, and for some people, Christmas is just another day to them. Granted, I don't feel that way. Stephanie has set up shop inside that telephone booth. And she is calling the operator, trying to get a hold of Santa Claus. And the operator is probably just trying to be as calm as she possibly can. Just playing along. Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry, but we don't have his number. I'm sorry. Is your daddy or mommy available? You should talk to them. We got many people trying to reach us and get phone numbers. So I can't have you tying up the line. The operator just hangs up on Stephanie. She's like, if you don't have the number for Santa, can you give me the number for Mrs. Claus? And she's like, hello? Hello? I bet she says how rude here.
3: for Mrs. Claus. Hello? Hello? How rude. Somebody do something! I can't get Santa on the phone. He'll never
4: find me here. I'll handle this. I know how to talk to kids. Come here, Shrine.
3: Excuse me. Uh, Is your tribe sitting here? Yeah, Why? Well, then I'm sitting way over
2: there.
0: I don't care.
2: Look at Rebecca over there. She looks miserable. Now's your chance. Pop, what are you talking about? She needs comforting. Times of crisis always bring people together. Trust me. I met your mother the day Elvis got drafted.
1: <laughs> Pop, that's taking advantage. I... It might work. So Stephanie's freaking out. She can't get Santa Claus on the phone. And I'm sure other people have been wanting to make a phone call because that's the only available phone in that air- airport hangar, lounge, whatever you want to call it. Of course, DJ steps in like, Dad, I got this. Don't worry. Let me talk to her. She slings an arm around Stephanie's shoulders like, Hey, kid, follow me, shrimp. I'll tell you. I tell, I'll tell you what you need to worry about and it is not trying to get a hold of Santa Claus because he is... Bi- it's Christmas Eve, Stephanie. Santa Claus is busy. He's hitching up his team. He's getting in the air. He's probably already in the air right now because he's got so many gifts to pass out to the entire... The entire world, Stephanie. Not just San Fran, but the entire world. The United States and every other country on this globe. This earth, if you will. So Jesse is pretty much doing what every person in 1988 that didn't have a cell phone yet because they didn't exist. Um, he's just tuning things out, probably listening to Elvis Christmas music because after tomorrow, Christmas day, you're not going to want to hear it anymore. I'm sorry. Once Christmas day is done, I'm done and I pack it all in for the following year. So, Jesse's dad comes along with great advice. Like, hey, Jess, Jess, come here, come here. Okay, look. Becky needs, Rebecca needs comforting over there. You see her? She's depressed. She's sad. She can't be with her family right now. And you know what? Times of crisis bring all sorts of people together. I met your mother when Elvis Presley got drafted. So, why don't you get over there? And put your, do your best Elvis impression. Put your, put the Katsopolis move on her. I know you know it because I taught it to you myself. That's why you're such a ladies man, Jesse. You got good hair and you got your, your Katsopolis blood running through those veins. This is where Boss Hog comes along and says, hey, your tribe's sitting here. I'm sitting way over there. Like, dude, get out of here. Okay? We don't care. You just made a little girl cry, okay? On the plane? I'm not gonna forget that. Lose the toupee, you look like a dork. I mean, the guy is a jerk. And he just, like, dude, you're not fooling anybody. It's weirdly parted on the side, and it just looks like someone cut the strands of a horse's tail. And just, like, London, that is not your food. What are you doing? You don't need to be eating the cat food. You are not a cat. You are a rabbit. You goob. Quinn eats that food. You have your pellets to eat, mister. See, there's nothing left there. Is that the only reason you come up here, Lund? Because you want to eat her cat food? Yeah, why not? What do you mean, why not? He's not supposed to be eating it. Dear, no. And no to you, too. Silly wabbit. Cat food is for cats. It's just so funny. Nowadays, if this were 2019, everybody would be looking at the Their heads would be down because they'd be staring at their phones. And Michelle would probably be looking at an iPad on stuff on YouTube or Netflix or whatever. Okay, so he does call her Becky. He sits down. Next to her on the seats and says, hey, how you doing? She's, oh, I'm doing okay, Jess. She said that, you know, moving to San Francisco has kind of made me homesick. Because San Francisco is a bit from Nebraska. And she says, you know, I was looking forward to spending time with my family. Ten of us kids gather around a big turkey. Um... We do definitely get an inconsistency in the amount of siblings that she has. We know she has a sister named Connie. We've met her twice. Well, actually, have we met her? I mean, personally, me covering the show, I haven't covered Baby Love yet. Um, That must come later. Let me see here. Oops. Baby Love is is on it's the 16th episode of season two so no connie has not come onto the scene yet however there is an episode i think it's season six when joey plays at charity game that um becky ends up taking over announcing the hockey game because jesse does not know about hockey she's like i grew up with four older brothers do we see those brothers Do we see them at their wedding? We don't even see Corky at the wedding, who Becky, when she first meets Jesse, says, you remind me of my baby brother Corky. Apparently this was Becky's year for a drumstick. I get that Jesse's trying to be, you know, supportive. He's like, well, I'm sure my parents would like to think of you as part of my family. It's like, whoa, Jess, we're not there just yet, buddy. And I get it, you know, like I said, he's being supportive, and honestly, that might be, what do you think? If some, if you were in a situation where you couldn't be home with your family, you are traveling, you got waylaid at the airport, and somebody who you're not dating yet says, well, I think that my family would like to think, my parents would like to think of you as part of my family i mean he's not wrong because they really are like gung-ho telling jesse get with rebecca we want grandkids the sentiment is nice as far as like, my family would like to think of you as part of my family or something but it's like i don't think that's really what she wants to hear as nice of a sentiment as it is And Becky, like, pretty much just tuned him out. She's like, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen everyone. You know, my little brother says Janice has really blossomed. Jesse's like, oh, yeah, is Janice your sister? And Becky's like, no, my cow. Like, she's probably the cow that Becky raised for 4-H. And she couldn't go through with, you know, someone buying her and turning her into Hamburg. So, um... She just kept her on the farm like that's my that's my baby. I raised her from a from a little baby calf. I always gave her a bottle every night. She'd always like kiss me and lick me with her big wet tongue and her big old snotty nostril nose, <laughs> and I loved every second of it because that's my that's my baby Janice the cow. Oh, i sorry. <laughs> I can just picture the cow just rubbing that big old wet nose. Just nostrils full of snot, just... <laughs> but you love it because it's what you do. It's, I'm, that's, that's, that's her baby. Because she doesn't have actual human babies. That, but that cow, Janice, is her, her baby. I'm going to play this clip.
2: Hi, Becky, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay, Jess. It's just that moving to San Francisco's kind of made me homesick. I was really looking forward to spending Christmas with my family. Ten of us kids gathered around a big turkey. This was my year for a drumstick. (laughs) I'm sure my parents would like to think of you as part of my family. It's been so long since I've seen everyone. You know, my little brother says Janice has really blossomed. Oh, yeah, is Janice your sister?
0: No, my cow. (laughs) I'm gonna call home again. Excuse me.
2: What happened? She went to call her cow.
1: <laughs> so Becky decides since the phone is free and Stephanie's not hogging it, she's like I'm gonna go call home again cause she's already gotten through them once. Or maybe she hasn't gotten through, her parents aren't family aren't going anywhere, they're tucked safely inside in that nice beautiful huge ranch house just by the fire. Christmas music's blaring. Family's at the table. Dad's, like, sharpening the knives to dig into the turkey. Everyone's saying a prayer. And poor Becky. Be- Be- Becky. Becky. Rebecca. Sorry. It's <laughs> missing it. That one time, um, I can't remember what year it was, but we weren't able to go to Christmas Eve. When, you know, I think it was at, uh, dad's house or it might have been in Nepal, but and it was probably the first time i missed it and i just broke down crying no actually i think honestly the weather wasn't great and i still made made jeremy drive in it even though it's like an hour away from where we're at but i still was like i i can't miss it i can't it comes once a year um there were times I wasn't able to get up to the farm because the, web, the roads were so bad. And if you're on the expressway, it's like, those roads are slick. You're not going anywhere. And one time, um, I actually was sick. And I'm like, I, I was getting dressed. Like, all right, I got to get up. I got to get, you know, get ready get dressed. And I started getting dressed. And all of a sudden, it's like, I feel dizzy and just, and I end up calling, up to the farm and just say, I'm sorry, I can't make it. And guys, like, I'm like an hour away. If not, maybe not even an hour. But in bad weather, it's like, I can't, I can't do it. I definitely wasn't going to travel when I was sick, but. So, Becky excuses herself. Call, in, call in Janice, wants to hear, wants to hear that blubber. Like, I miss you, Becky. Why are you here? <laughs> Becky. Becky. <laughs> I know Janice, I love you too. <laughs> Maybe for New Year's. But so Danny asked Joey, like, hey, where bye, Lund. Lund's going downstairs. London, <laughs> my rabbit. Um Danny asked Joey, like, hey, where's the bag with the gifts? Where's the suitcase with the gifts? You know, the red one that we pointed out in the beginning of the episode? And Joey says look I, I don't see him He's like Joey's like smack dab Sitting on the conveyor belt Like I don't see him but He lifts up his blue bag with the Jingle jangle inside cause that's his Santa costume In there he's like but we do have this So Danny's like What they lost a bag with the presents. What are we gonna do Like whoa Danny I know you're angry and frustrated At this but please don't take this out on Joey Don't you dare take it out On that poor flight attendant She's just doing her job. She can't control the weather, and neither can Joey. Joey looks at Danny like, uh, maybe we should look for it? We haven't done that yet. You can't just say, oh, where are the presents? They're not here. They must be lost. Like, no, we need to look. Because clearly, I guess they're just dropping all the stuff. Is this the airport that they were originally... I'm kind of wondering now, is this the airport they were going to originally end up at anyway? Maybe not. Of course, remember DJ having a little uh, talk with Stephanie? She's like, don't worry, Stephanie. Those roller skates you asked for, they are going to be here. Stephanie, of course, is skeptical. She's like, how can you be sure? DJ's like, look, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer will find you. Because his nose is radar. It's not just for looks. High-powered sonar. It will find you. That's why it's red, so it can help work like a headlight in a snowstorm. All these years, I thought it was just a headlight. Well, whatever you want to call it, it's red. It works as a beacon. A bleak and bacon, right? Just like what Santa said in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer stop-motion movie. I haven't covered that yet on the podcast. And I, I think I might, if I have time, I might get to that one, too. And I also want to do the, um... Mickey's Christmas Carol, also. So, while Steph and DJ are talking, we cut back to, uh, Boss Hog with the crappy wig, toupee, whatever, horse hair, whatever you want to call it. And the guy's got this weird, like, grin on his face. What are you doing, Lund? What are you doing? You're being a goofball, but I love you. I love you, baby boy. Mmm. Yes, silly boy. He's getting his energy out. He's in his cage for a good majority of the day, but that night he he really gets to running around. But so anyway, Box Hog here. He's got this weird smirk smile, like he's he's eavesdropping on the girls, like talking about Rudolph and stuff. And he's probably like, "Oh, if you only knew, I know Rudolph personally, but I'm not gonna let on to you that I know that." He wants to be incognito. He's reading that message laptop. it's 1980s laptop. Oh, I see this sign more clearly. It says, Many bags look alike. Check your claim tickets. And the other sign next to it, on, above the conveyor belt, also says, Ground transportation. You also see that one lady in the mustard yellow, yellow shirt that was on the plane and just kind of like rolling her eyes at Joey saying, This is Michelle's first plane ride. We do see, um... The little monitors that list, like, flights that are either canceled or delayed or whatever. We do see that. the mustard yellow shirt lady is also reading a book. Apparently, the gifts have not been found. And Danny is, like, starting to slowly freak. He hasn't gotten to the, I'm going to rip my hair out of my head level. But he's slowly climbing to that. But, of course, he wants to be honest with his daughters and mention about the presents. Even though DJ just got Stephanie calmed down and she's, she's going all right. She's, you know, got a positive way of thinking. Like, don't worry, Santa's gonna be here. Rudolph is gonna light the way. It's gonna be fine. Basically, she, she's cheered up, which is what we want. We want a happy Stephanie. We don't want a sad and depressed and morose and sullen Stephanie. He announces to Danny, Rudolph will, Santa will get here with the presents because Rudolph has radar, red-nosed radar. Danny just takes a wind right out of her sails as he's like, Stephanie, sometimes, even with, you know, Rudolph's red-nosed radar, it might be hard for them to see in the snow. Danny, she was all happy and she's like, are you saying Santa's not coming? I'm going back to my phone booth, and DJ's like, "Dad, what is with you? I just had her cheered up. What is going on?" So Danny takes DJ. Said, "Look, DJ, listen. Um, you're old enough now that I can tell you the truth. The airline lost the suitcase with the presents, and DJ flips like." big time what you mean i'm not getting my new cd player this sucks this christmas blows it bites i'm so angry right now danny wait oh wait, wait wait excuse me how do you know you're getting a cd player and dj's like well i um you know it doesn't matter anyway because i'm with stephanie this christmas is the worst ever So I'm going to play this clip.
4: Good morning when you wake up, I guarantee you the roller skates you asked for will be here. How can you be sure? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer will find you. Because this nose is radar.
3: All these years I thought it was just a headlight.
2: Any luck finding the bag with the presents? Nothing yet. This is horrible.
3: Daddy, daddy, good news. DJ explained it. Santa will get here with the presents because Rudolph has red nose
2: Radar. Uh, Stephanie, uh, you know, red nose Radar does not always work in real heavy snow.
3: Are you saying Santa's not coming?
2: Well, if he doesn't make it here, I'm sure he'll find you in a couple of days.
3: Danny! It's not the same. It won't be Christmas morning. I want Stephanie.
4: Stan, what were you thinking? And they all cheered up, and then you bum more out big time.
2: DJ, I think you're old enough to hear the truth. The airline lost our bag with the Christmas presents.
4: What? No presents? You mean they lost my new CD player?
2: How did you know you were getting a CD player?
4: Did I say CD player?
2: Oh. Yes, that's exactly what you just said.
4: Well, it doesn't matter. I'm not getting it anyway. You're not. Symphony was right. She we was should've never it gone back. on this trip. This is the worst Christmas ever.
1: What about when
2: your boyfriend... This ra- is not going well. Any ideas?
1: Oh, Danny. And the fact that she's like... Wait, I'm not getting my new CD player? And Danny just looks at her like, Uh, excuse me, what did you just say? how do you know you're getting a CD player? And she's like, uh, did I say CD player? He's like, yeah, that's exactly what you said. She's like, it doesn't matter. I'm not getting it anyway. I'm like, yeah, you're not getting it because when I get it, it's going back to the store and you're getting nothing. That's going to teach you not to snoop. You got a guy dressed in a brown leather jacket and he's got like a cabbie hat, almost like, because he's looking out at the weather. Is this guy like also waiting for the weather to clear up? Maybe he's like a taxi driver for the airport. So, Danny realizes he messed up big time. Well, he didn't mess up the airline did. Who knows? Who knows who the presents are anyway. Um, he doesn't know what to do to make Stephanie feel better and, no, tear up, uh, cheer up a irritated DJ. Cause she's like, this is the worst Christmas ever. Stephanie's right. Um, Irene ha- kinda lifts Joey's bag up and kinda you hear that jingle jangle sound. Cause Danny's like, I don't know what to do. Does anyone else have any ideas? And she lifts up that bag like, jingle, 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 and Joey gets this look on his face like, hmm, okay, yeah, I think I know just the thing. But so we got Danny with Michelle looking over his shoulder, and Boss Hog on his '80s laptop is right there, and she's like, Kitty, like she wants to pet it. Like Michelle, that's that's not a cat, Pumpkin. That's that's, that's hair. And the guy, like, right away goes to his head. Like, ah, ah, don't touch my toupee. Like, we all know it's a toupee. Everyone on that plane knows that it's a toupee. Because we all had to witness you scream at a child. Don't touch my fake hair. I don't want people to know I'm bald. This flash, Everyone knows, Boss Hog, that you have no hair. He's got, like, a crown of hair. But that's about as far as it goes. He's got that toupee to cover his dome. Danny, of course, right away stands up with Michelle in his arms and just like, okay, right, I forgot about that. <laughs> Stephanie's sitting in a seat, sulking, and we got Santa Claus bent over saying, Ho, ho, ho. And she right, she turns around with a smile like, Santa Claus, you found me! Oh, apparently that is just the waiting area of the gift sh- of the airport because there's a gift shop and a coffee shop down that hallway. I always thought that this little airport place was just this little area of uh, the waiting area. I just thought that's all it was, but it's like, no, there's more to it. I didn't know that there are. Other kids, other than just you know the Tanner girls, there are other children there. Everyone says Merry Christmas, and we cut to Becky with Jesse saying, asking, "Who is that?" And Jesse, just like a child, is like Santa Claus, and she's like, "Yeah, Jesse, no, honestly, who is that?" Danny, see, this is a perfect time to whip out that camcorder, as. Santa sits down, has Steph sit on his knee, and says, Sit on my lap, Stephanie. And Danny, of course, is videotaping this. And she's like, Wow, well, you know my name. And he's like, Yeah, I know when you're sleeping. I know when you're awake. He's like, Why are you so surprised? And she's, I've tried so hard to be good this year. It's like, Sweetie, you've been good. You haven't done anything bad. And he says, Well, I know you've been cleaning your room and making your bed. And she points out hospital corners. Good for you, Steph. And of course Joey and Santa's like, I also know that you ate that last piece of cold pizza that Joey was saving for breakfast. And I'd be like, uh, what? <laughs> I'm like, okay, Santa just crossed a line here. Why are you getting that detailed and specific on something? At that point, I'm like, Joey, is that you? Are you behind the Santa costume? Because she just dressed it up to you do know everything and he adds i also know that you've been very kind to your family and friends he's really just putting on the charm and little girls like you make the world a happy place and you're what makes the world go round so irene brings over Baby Michelle, like, oh, honey, let's go see Santa Claus. And, of course, Michelle blows Joey's cover. As he puts out an arm and says, come here, little girl, sit on my knee. And he's like, ho, 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 Michelle. And she's, ho, 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 Joey. And, of course, Stephanie's like, no, Michelle, that's not Joey, that's Santa Claus. See? And she goes to pull a miracle on 34th street joke where she yanks on the beard and right away stephanie jumps off his lap like it is joey like she's so shocked and hurt at the same time and probably very irritated like you tricked me i'm gonna play this clip Oh, ho, ho ho
3: santa claus you found me merry christmas Merry Merry Christmas! Christmas. Who is that?
2: Santa Claus. (laughs) Sit on my knees, Stephanie.
3: You know my name.
2: Well, I know when you're sleeping. I know when you're awake. I know if you've been bad or good. So why are you so surprised?
3: (laughs) I've tried so hard to be good this year.
2: Well, I know that you've been cleaning your room and making your bed.
3: Hospital corners.
2: (laughs) i also know that you ate that last slice of cold pizza that joey was saving for breakfast you
4: do know everything
2: i also know that you've been very kind to your family and friends little girls like you make the world a lot better place
0: come on let's go see santa claus come here little girl Oh, <laughs>
3: michelle ho ho joey <ho>, <laughs> 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 Oh, no, Michelle, that's not Joey. That's
2: Santa Claus. See? It is Joey. <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> Why, people all over the world come up to me and say, aren't you Joey Gladstone? What a mean trick! oh uh, Stephanie, wait. Um, uh, Santa can't be everywhere at once, so Joey is one of Santa's helpers. I cover all the
0: airports. <laughs> no, you
3: don't. And don't try to make me feel better. I'm going back to my phone
0: Poor
2: kid. What a rotten Christmas.
4: Presents are lost.
2: I broke Stephanie's heart.
4: Yes, you did. Presents are lost. I won't see my family on Christmas. Or my cow. Did I mention the presents are lost?
2: It's all my fault. If it wasn't for me, we'd be spending Christmas at home instead of in a baggage claim.
1: So immediately as Stephanie yanks on who she thinks is Santa's beard and sees Joey's face, she hops right down off of his lap. Like, kind of interesting here when Michelle says, ho, 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 Joey, she's looking over Stephanie's shoulder. So of course there is somebody there that is mouthing the words for the Olsen twin to say. She's like, it is Joey. She jumps right off his lap. And he's like, freak, kind of like, uh, uh, here, take Michelle. To He hands her off to Irene. And, of course, he's like, oh, well, I get this all the time, Stephanie. People are like, aren't you Joey Gladstone? And she goes to try to run off. And Danny grabs her like, honey, wait, look. Okay, Santa Claus cannot be everywhere at once. So, Joey is one of his helpers. And Joey's like, yes, I cover all the airports. And Stephanie is, oh, she is angry and hurt. She's like, no, you don't. I'm going back to my phone booth. You tricked me. Luckily, that uh, phone booth is unoccupied, so she can go back. Can you imagine if it were occupied? And she just started crying and banging on the door, like, let me in, let me in. That's her comfort spot, is that that telephone booth. So, no, Joey's upset because he broke Stephanie's heart. DJ keeps complaining about the presents being lost. Danny says, if it weren't for me, I wouldn't have planned this trip and we'd actually be home right now instead of this airport. And meanwhile, we do get Jesse's expression of, he just, he, oh, and Becky, of course, says, I'm not home right now. I miss my family. I miss my cow. And Jesse is just looking around and just seeing people and like, people, do you listen to yourselves? You are so selfish. I mean, look at Mary and Joseph in the manger. I mean, they didn't have a house, but they had a manger to have that baby in. And they did all right. I mean, yeah, they had a trough with straw. They had the farm animals to keep the nice and cozy warm. The three wise men. And we see Jesse, like I said, he's getting frustrated with everybody. You know, basically his family, not the other people, because everyone else would probably be jumping on his kid. Like, hey, we aren't a part of this. Don't include us in your your lecture here, sir. You hear, like, his speech, the undertone of it, by some symphony Christmas French horns and everything. And you do see other people... In that airport, are looking on like, oh, this guy's making a speech. Oh, he refers to the airport as a crummy dump. It is pretty bare bones, and it's not much to look at. And he's basically telling everyone the importance of Christmas. It's not about fake Santa clauses. It's or Santa imposters. It's not about toupee wearing jerks. It's not about lost presents or cows. And Becky looks at him like, excuse me, you did not just insult my cow, Janice. And Jesse's like, you know, as he's kind of, you know, touching this chest for emphasis, like, it's about a feeling. It's about people, family, and togetherness. And he says it's about us forgetting our problems and reaching out to help the others that need, need things more than we do. Hence the season of giving, everybody. That's where it comes from. And he says Christmas doesn't have to happen in uh, one certain place, it happens in our hearts. Like, as, if you carry the, the, the feeling and the joy and the, the love of the holiday in your heart, does it really matter where you're at? I'm sure, they all want to be home or with their loved ones at this time and not in the airport. Granted, I mean, Jesse is kind of telling people to, like, forget what you're feeling and just feel happy for that we're not outside in the snow right now. You don't have a right to feel bad, and you really shouldn't, and you're selfish for feeling bad, thinking of yourself. This is the time to think of others and each other and just be there for one another so jesse is like getting people to envision like we can have christmas anywhere even in a baggage claim and he starts like look at this vending machine what do you see here he goes to dj first says hey what do you see there and she's like a coat rack he's like no i see a christmas tree and you see like other people are in tune to is joey asleep over there his eyes are shut (laughs) um you see everyone like leaning forward and listening to this guy making the speech And he's like, Joey, what do you see over there? What's that vending machine? And he's like, yeah, it's a vending machine. And Jesse's like, no, as he runs over to and I see a Christmas dinner with all the fixings. Everyone else is kind of like, okay, sir, we get your point. What? Let us just wallow here if we want to. Don't make us feel bad or ashamed to feel our feelings and miss our families. So Jesse's like, Pop, what do you see over there? And... Nick is like I see a conveyor belt and Jesse's like no I see a well yeah it's a conveyor belt it's like I don't know what I see Santa's workshop and a conveyor belt with a bunch of toys like going past it I don't know how else can you spin that I see a conveyor belt at a grocery store with all the food on it that i got to cook I don't know <laughs> Jesse is full on shouting at this point. He's like, hey, the point I'm trying to make is we can give these kids the best damn Christmas they've ever had. Like, whoa, okay, okay, we'll help you. <laughs> My God, he's threatening us now. We got to give these kids a good Christmas. Jesse sits down next to Boss Hog, puts an arm around him. The guy is just so like, please don't touch me. Don't put your hands on me. And he's like, "Friends are calling you who?" As Jesse puts his arm around the guy, like, ah, I'm gonna hug you, even though you yelled at my niece." <laughs> la, 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 la 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 la. You know, you know how it goes. I'm gonna play this clip of Jesse's speech. I mean, it is empowering, but still, let people feel what they want to feel. If they want to be grumpy, if they want to be sad, if they want to be angry and hurt, let them feel their own feelings. Don't pressure them into trying to be happy.
2: What's the matter with you people? First Christmas was in a manger. They did okay. Sure. I mean, so what if we're stuck in this crummy dump? Christmas isn't about about presents or Santa Claus or cows. Excuse me? It's about a feeling. It's about... It's about people. It's about us forgetting about our problems and reaching out to help other people. <laughs> I mean, Christmas doesn't have to happen in one certain place, it happens in our hearts. So if you think about it, we could have Christmas anywhere. I mean, even in a, even in a baggage claim. <laughs> DJ, what do you see right there? Coat rack? No. I see a big, beautiful Christmas tree. Joseph, what do you see back there? Vending machines? No. I see a I'm Christmas happy. dinner with all the trimmings. Pop, what do you see back there? Conveyor belt. No. I see. Okay, yes, that's a conveyor belt. (laughs) But the point I'm trying to make here is that we could give these kids the best darn Christmas they ever had. And you know why? Because outside the snow is falling. (laughs) Friends are calling you who. (laughs) Come on,
1: outside. Jesse gets everybody to start singing a Christmas song. Danny, of course, goes over. Picks up Stephanie, who of course has still got a grumpy look on her face. Arms crossed, folded across her chest. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be into this. It's like, come on. Let her be upset. She'll get over, she'll not get over it. But I mean, just let her feel what she's gonna feel. If she wants to come out of it, she'll come out of it. Danny is really trying hard, like Stephanie, come on. She's like rolling her eyes at Danny. Wow, they really decorated that coat rack with a bunch of, like, solo cups and ribbons and shoestrings and coat strings, just all of it. it was, like one, That one lady with a mustard yellow shirt who's reading a book is basically sleeping, sitting up with her chin in her hand. That is going to be so uncomfortable. Becky, of course, is on the other side of her, and she's got her arms stretched out on the back of a chair, and her head is like sleeping. Danny, of course, sleeping on the conveyor belt, which, of course, this next gig is going to make sense because he's sleeping directly on it. Jesse, on the other hand, is sleeping right below Danny, and you got everyone else kind of here and there, whether they're on the seats or on the floor blankets i'm not sure where they're getting the blankets from i'm sure well it is a bigger airport than what we see i'm sure they're bringing them either well not everyone gets a pillow i don't even think that's a pillow that's under jesse and danny's head that is a pillow under danny's head why does he get a pillow and nobody else but michelle of course hits the button on the conveyor belt which pushes him He is lucky that he didn't get injured. I can only imagine what... I've seen Toy Story 2. I've seen Homeward Bound 2. When you get to see what happens with the conveyor belt. And just all the, you know, all the luggage and everything is just... But he ends up landing outside. And then when he comes back on the conveyor belt, he is just covered. Covered in snow. She's like, bye-bye, daddy you see the conveyor belt actually does have snow on it because it's coming from outside and this is what wakes Jessie up. jesse has got a pillow too? Did not everybody get pillows because Becky and that lady in the mustard yellow shirt doesn't have a pillow? Well, apparently she knows how to, the other button of course stops the conveyor belt and Jessie kind of is like you know, blurry eyed like Michelle what it's the middle of the night what are you doing why are you up? You should be going back to bed sweetie he's like, Merry Christmas, Michelle. And then Jesse proceeds to wake up everybody and say, Everyone wake up, it's Christmas. Yeah, it's also like 5 a.m. So let people sleep. As uncomfortable as it is.
0: Michelle, come
2: here, you little insomniac. Hey, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, Michelle. It's Christmas. Wake up everybody! Merry Christmas! It's Christmas! Christmas. In an airport! Oh oh,
0: Merry Christmas!
4: Merry Christmas! You did a great job! It really does look like Christmas. Yeah. It doesn't even matter if there are no presents.
1: You'll live. You'll get presents. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You can't even see him! Where's his face? Oh, it's under that snow. I don't know. What's Everybody that?
0: Everybody stand back. I'll handle this.
2: Just go see what that is? <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's only Danny.
0: <laughs>
2: You're probably dreaming of a white Christmas.
1: <laughs> uh, you might want to check that out.
2: Very funny. Alright, come on. Merry Christmas, Frosty. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll get you some hot coffee. Does anybody have quarters for
0: the machine? I do, but they're f- frozen to my thigh. Come on, Danny, sit down.
1: Yes, help your son in law. No, I don't think Danny was up t- out there too, too long, but even still, depending on what the weather's like, if it's like below 10 degrees or even zero digits. You're going to get really cold really fast out there. And, of course, meanwhile, Michelle did hit that off button, so... uh, And... Enough time had passed where Jesse had grabbed her, turned on the lights, screamed at everyone, Merry Christmas, everybody! Wake up, wake up! As he turns on the lights and just... We're in an airport. Oh, yeah, I forgot. (laughs) And, of course, DJ perks up with, oh, it really does look like a Christmas tree with these solo cups and ribbons and everything dressed on this coat rack. So the conveyor belt brings Danny back in, but you don't see him because he's covered in, like, white fluff snow, which is fake snow. And, of course, Joey, they're like, what is that? And Joey's like, everybody stay calm. I'll handle this. Uh, Jess, can you, uh, see what that is over there? It's not an animal. It's, it's not an animal. Turns out it's just Danny as Jesse like dusts off his face like oh oh it is that Dan- okay and he's like hey Merry Christmas there Frosty <laughs> and Becky jumps right into action like oh um, does anyone have quarters for like a coffee you know something to warm him up and Danny's like oh, hi I, I have some bo- it's just, it's just, frozen to my th- 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 thigh and I'm like and that's an image I, I don't need in my head, Danny, thank you. But <laughs> and Irene and Nick really jump into like, yeah, help your son-in-law out. Even though your daughter is no longer among the living, he's still your son-in-law. So come on. Granted, now Nick is back to trying to get pimp his son out to Becky. Sees so that she's over getting Danny a coffee. Uh apparently this is the first time we noticed that there is mistletoe above and Nick's like, Hey, Jess. Mistletoe, kiss her. She will be putty in your hands. And Nick's like, What do you see over there, Jess? And Jesse's like, I see Becky over by the coffee machine And Nick's like, No, I see a woman waiting to be kissed. Um, I can tell you right now that it's the last thing on her mind she and Jesse are not together they've harmlessly flirted together. She's called them cute a couple times. Adorable. But in no way is her body language saying, oh, I just want someone to come over and kiss me right now. I don't even think she's standing under the mistletoe at the moment. Jesse is like, pop, seriously. Like, where are you coming up with this stuff? And, of course, Mr. Casanova here, Nick, tells him, hey, the first time I kissed your mother was under the mistletoe. Lasted till New Year's. Uh, I'm sure it did. And that's how uh, Pam Katsopoulos was conceived. Under the mistletoe. (laughs) Yikes. And Nick tells Jesse, there are two things that Katsopoulos men are known for. Kissing and great hair. As they both take their hand and just like Pat their hair down, like, run their fingers through the hair, like, oh, my lustrous hair, oh, it's so good. Granted, we see Grandpa Nick in Fuller House, or should I say Great Grandpa Nick, because he has a head full of white hair. He's still got his hair, but it's white. Which is kind of funny, even though this actor and John Stamos are not related of course, Jesse in Fuller House is probably right around the age of what Nick is here, and he's still got a head full of hair. Well, Jesse decides to take his father's advice and head on over to Becky, and I am going to play this clip.
2: Jesse, what do you see over there? I see Becky by the coffee machine, Dad. I see a woman waiting to be kissed under the mistletoe. Hop. Well, the first time I ever kissed your mother was under the mistletoe. Lasted till New Year's. <laughs> hey, there are two things that Consopolis men are known for: kissing and great hair. <laughs> <coughs> Merry Christmas, Becky. Oh, Merry Christmas, Jesse. Listen, I want you to know, if I can't be with my family on Christmas, it's
1: really nice to be with your family. Aww.
2: Well, I'm, I'm happy you're with us too.
1: Oh, stop it, Irene
2: And, uh, I'm I'm also happy we just (laughs) so happen to be standing under the mistletoe You know what that means? Jesse No, I know, I know, you just want to be friends But believe me, I hate this just as much as you do But it is a Christmas
1: law They're both wearing turtlenecks. Well, I am a law-abiding citizen
0: (laughs) What? Christmas. (laughs)
2: Christmas.
1: <laughs> yeah. What in the world? Where did you come from, lady? Yeah. Okay, I don't think his kisses told to faint. Becky apparently is having a little bit of trouble with his coffee machine, as she's like pushing buttons, like, come on! Come on! And he tells her, Merry Christmas. And she says Merry Christmas to him and so she tells him like I'm you know I-, I can't be with my family this Christmas but I'm happy I get to be with yours. Oh, She says if I can't be with my family this Christmas it's nice to know I can be with yours and he's like well I'm happy you with this too and of course he looks at his parents who are like oh, go on do it it's like, oh, come on. They are just nail-biting. Irene is like, oh, my god, Is he going to do it? Oh, oh, I want grandbabies. I need grandbabies. <laughs> They're like, come on. <laughs> we need more Katzapolos bloodline. <laughs> and he turns around to face Becky and's like, oh, I'm also happy we also happened to be standing under the mistletoe and she looked at him like (laughs) jesse uh and he's like i I know i know you just want to be friends i I get it but i mean it's a christmas law and she's like well i am a law abiding law abiding citizen oh he says you know i know i know you just want to be friends and i hate this as much as you do but it is a christmas it's a law you gotta do it like you really don't have to but uh and she leans in to kiss him and it starts with a peck but they put their arms around each other and that kiss definitely deepens like whoa and she even is just her eyes are closed when it's over and she's like whoa and he's like have mercy this kiss it's it's one of the eight, or, this is their first kiss and they are, you come back to Nick and Irene, or just like, oh my God, it's happening! Oh, grandbabies! Oh. I'm like, whoa, calm yourselves. They're both surprised by the power and the electricity that passed during that kiss, Jesse and Becky are. She's like, I can't wait to do that again <laughs> next Christmas. She walks out, and her hand is on his just above his chest and shoulder there, like, whoa, I need to put my hand here for support. He's even got a hand to her heart, like, whoa, <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was incredible. <laughs> like, I never knew, guys, seriously, are kissing, the kissing on TV is just shown to be like, when your lips touch another person's lips that you happen to be attracted to, Uh, it's just like, firework show. But in reality, I mean, can you really say that kisses are, I mean, I'm not saying that kisses aren't amazing, especially when it's, you know, with the person that you love, and you know, your first kiss with that person, the kiss to build a dream on, the kiss to build a life on, this is Jesse and Becky's first kiss jesse watches becky walk away like what next christmas no they will kiss again um and this season's a little romance which is episode 11 of season 2 and then again in season 2 episode 14 in little shop of sweaters that's a valentine's day episode which i will get to on valentine's day But this elderly, red-haired lady takes advantage of Jesse. Like, oh, the mistletoe, this cute guy. My husband's nowhere to be found. Or maybe she's a widow. Or maybe she's not even married. I don't know. But she, like, takes him and just bends him over and just plants one. Like, full-on, deep-dish kiss. And she breaks away from it. And she's, like, stumbling. Like, he is, like, the all-around Best kisser in the world. If there were a Guinness Book of World Records kiss award, he, Jesse would be in that book. Now we got another Santa Claus that shows up, and he's like, "Oh, ho, ho!" And his hand, his white-gloved hands are shaking, like, Roar, like he's shaking. He's shaking with this, his, his whole body's, like, into this, ho, ho, ho. Meanwhile, right before this, as the guy comes in, right before he says, ho, 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 we see Irene kind of fixing up the the red and blue solo cup ribbon coat rack Christmas tree thing. This guy comes in, ho, 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 and she is like, whoa. I, like, she was not expecting that. Like, you just scared the dickens out of her. And Stephanie is like, oh, yeah. Hi, Joey. Meanwhile, Joey's like right behind her. He's like, uh, hey, Steph. Mustard yellow lady's got a smile on her face. Good for her. Just seems to be really like glummy and like. Bleh. Everyone's looking around like, who is this man? But they're like, oh, they get into it. like Merry Christmas! He sits down, this guy across from Stephanie says, Merry Christmas, Stephanie! And she gets up and says, wait a minute, are you really Santa? And he's like, give it a pull. This is straight out of Miracle from 34 on 34th Street. Where that man says to Natalie Wood's little, um, what was her name? What was the girl's name? wasn't Nancy. Hey, Jeremy. What was the girl's name in Miracle on 34th Street? Natalie Wood's character? What? Uh, Natalie Wood, the little girl. What was her name in the movie? Was it Mary? I don't think it was Mary. That'd be too cliche. You find it? what what is it what <laughs> I'll look it up then I bet it was like Barbara no that wasn't it that's no miracle on 34th Street 1947 it was. Uh, Susan! Her name was Susan! I got it. No, it says it! Shut up! Her mother's name was Doris. Can you believe that? (laughs) Nothing wrong with the name Doris. But anyway, I'm sorry, guys. (laughs) I could have just as easily looked that up myself. I'm going to play this clip with Stephanie and the Santa Claus when he says, give it a talk. She pulls on it and he's, oh, and the look of just her jaw like drops in surprise. Like, it really is you. And just this childlike wonder and just everything. The spirit of Christmas just takes over Stephanie's spirit herself and just, oh, I'm so happy for her.
4: Hi, Joey.
0: <laughs> Hi, Steph. <laughs>
3: Merry Christmas, everybody. Yes. Merry,
0: Christmas. Yes. Merry Christmas.
3: Merry Christmas, Stephanie. Wait a minute. Are you really Santa? Give it a tug. Oh! <laughs> it's a real. And I want you to have the merriest Christmas ever. Oh my
1: God, the gifts!
3: Oh, it's a Christmas ah!
1: They <laughs> wow. <I> got him. <laughs> so at least we get to have. Him. <laughs> oh, he's gone. What in the world? No way those things would be. You probably have
2: to change out of your Santa costume.
1: No, this is right
2: there. I don't think so. Hey, guys, come here.
1: What do you make of this? The guy left his look laptop. the screen.
2: Merry Christmas, ho, ho, ho. No. Nah.
1: It couldn't have been that guy.
3: I just saw Santa Claus flying away. Seriously?
2: You think?
4: Don't worry. I don't know what to think. All I know is it's turned up to a great Christmas.
1: Could you get your CD player? Let's go open the, yeah. okay. open the presents. Everyone else gets to watch you open your presents. <laughs> Thanks for the map, Thanks Stephanie.
4: Thanks
2: for the map, Stephanie. You're welcome, Santa. Oh. Come on, Steph We're going to open presents and sing Christmas carols. Yay. Here we go. the with Hi. la 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 la. Hi. It's Hi. the, up and up to the Tall and young Hi. and Hi.
1: And he tells Stephanie, I want you to have the merriest Christmas ever. And he puts his hand up and you hear this little trill sound. You know, like in those, like, Disney books that you, with the tapes, and they'd say, you'll know when it's time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this, or however. Anyway, puts his gloved hand up in the air, you hear the noise, all of a sudden, boom! Camera shot to the conveyor belt, we see... The red suitcase opened with wrapped gifts inside. And you know, if this were 2019, those gifts would not be wrapped because they would have been ripped open by security. Making sure there's nothing illegal or bombs or any of that stuff in there. All those kids would be getting, like, gift cards or, like, a check or something. I don't know. So, their focus is on the gifts. When they turn back, all of a sudden, the guy has gone. He is just, he's gone. And they're all like, well, wait, where'd he go? Yeah, when she turns and says, thank you, Santa's like, oh, wait, where'd he go? (laughs) The lady in the mustard yellow shirt is also like, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Danny, of course, is like, well, he probably went to change out of your Santa suit, Joey. And Joey lifts up his bag, and you hear that jingle jangle, like, no, he didn't use my suit. Stephanie zips just outside the door, like, I just saw Santa drive away in a sleigh! And Jesse's like, you think? What? Really? And DJ's like, I don't know what to think. All I know is this turned out to be uh, Awesome Christmas. And Danny is the one that, like, hey everyone, look at this. It's that, like, 1980s early edition laptop slash word processor that says Merry Christmas, ho 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 ho. Then the family goes over to get the suitcase full of gifts to put it on the floor. And then Stephanie's the one that sees the additional page on there that says Merry You know, uh, Merry Christmas, Stephanie, thank you for the maps. Meanwhile, remember, when Stephanie and DJ were talking about the whole thing with Santa and, you know, Rudolph, the guy had that, you know, boss hog, had that smirk smile like, oh, you girls, if you only knew. And you see him typing away. And he was typing away on the thing, on, on the plane. So he's typing all of that stuff up. And it's just like, wow. So they're all sitting on the floor opening gifts. So the Tanner family, Rebecca included, and the Katsopoulises, get to open gifts. And everyone else pretty much gets to watch the Tanner family have a great Christmas while everyone else is like, <sighs> looking at the monitor, still canceled, still delayed. My, we're going to be here until the 27th. Oh my goodness. So, they get to have... the Tanners get to have a great Christmas, but everyone else is like, this is so depressing. They're having a good Christmas. I wish I had a good Christmas. And we see a beautiful design here that says Happy Holidays in green lettering and then underneath it says From Our Family to Yours in yellow lettering and then there's this a beautiful border of like red and green snowflakes that bordered the screen and it's just so nice. And that's the episode everybody. I had a lot of fun with this episode. I hope you guys had fun with it too. Um, out of the three Full House episode, Christmas episodes, this is by far my favorite. Now, the person I'm going to give the award for best outfit, it's going to be one person and then someone's going to be runner-up. Um, I'm going to go with Jessie's Christmas sweater because it's just absolutely red and white cream, beautiful, beautiful, and blue in there as well. Runner-up's going to be Becky and her uh, lilac color colored shirt with like the dark purple blue and then the blue uh, lavender um, turtleneck under both she and Jesse were he was wearing a blue turtleneck, and that was really cool. Um, out of the girls, honestly, I think they're both gonna get the worst outfit awards as far as DJ and Stephanie. Um, this one's gonna get one that's runner up. I'm gonna say. DJ's worst, Stephanie's runner-up for worst outfit. They just, the Christmas sweaters, mm, didn't like them. Actually, you know what? Scratch that. Because Joey's is going to get the worst hand hands down because his was just, I don't even know. Like I said, it was like a Bonnie and Clyde picture minus the guns and the 1920s, 1930s car with the um, guy with the aviator hat or girl I couldn't tell who it was with the uh, aviator glasses, um, like leather, like goggle things. Relatable character. I think I'm just gonna go with Stephanie just because. Like I I said, in when I had to miss like Christmas Eve due to the weather and everything, I was really upset and I started crying. Grow- through it, and of course the other time that I made Jeremy drive in bad weather to get to my family was really selfish of me. Um If I had to pick a favorite character for this episode, um I kind of want to go with Joey because he did his best to cheer Stephanie up. Um, If I had to go with not-so-favorite character for this episode, I definitely... Um, gonna go. Jesse and just the whole thing, he was just shaming everyone. Like, what is with you people? You're supposed to be happy. It's Christmas. I mean, forget it. The, you know, the, the Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in the manger, they did okay and they were in the manger. We're just in the an airport. And runner up for the least liked in the episode, it's going to Jesse's parents. Like, don't pressure your son into getting grandbabies. Just because you don't have any right now. And just him just kissing Becky. It was cute and everything. And she eventually did agree to it. But it's like, don't push your son into that. That's not fair. That's not fair on Becky if she doesn't want to be kissed yet. Which, she didn't have a problem with it. There's a few tips here that for holiday travel with uh, people with a disability. Basically, you could kind of take or leave these, I guess. just depends on your own preferences and how you do things. Um, one is plan ahead, which anybody, that could work for anyone. Two, organize your suitcase before you travel. Three, pack light, but not too light. Four, if you're flying, protect your wheelchair. Five, bring the equipment you need. Stay where you feel comfortable and safe. I a a portable ramp. Make hotel reservations early. Friends are the family you get to choose. Challenge stereotypes in a positive way and know when to quote unquote let it go. Also it also mentions about if you have a um an animal with you in regards to your guide animal and stuff just make sure that they have everything that they need and they're comfortable and all that good stuff so. Alright, for the next Full House Christmas episode, we are going to jump ahead to Season 6, Episode 12, entitled A Very Tanner Christmas. This episode aired on December 15th, 1992. So this is, we are out of the 80s and into the 90s. So this is four seasons later in this episode, while Michelle and Stephanie are busy making extra long Christmas lists, other members of the Tanner household are not feeling so cheery. Danny misses Bec- uh, Vicki. Rebecca misses the white Christmases of her childhood. And DJ worries that she will miss Steve after he decides to attend college on the East Co- Coast. Alright, so that being said, everyone have a wonderful December. And I will be back with Season 6, Episode 12, A Barry Tanner Christmas. Bye-bye, everybody you would also, real quick, like to share your Christmas memories, Full House Christmas memories, I'd love to hear about them. You can send those in email form to omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. I will have the email listed in the episode description, as well as I will be posting this on the social media sites. So, that way you guys can get your stories in, your Full House Christmas memories, and I will share them on the podcast. Okay. Have a great week, everybody.